KUFO Portland. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. It is uh, one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of October in the year of our Lord 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101, KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Please tell me you guys went outside to see if the moon was still there. We did. There's only half of it. We can only see half. So half of it is now gone. I was watching the... uh, the NASA feed of that, like the official feed from NASA, which appears... Was that to, disappointing? It's like a $3 set they've got there. I've seen, I was going to say, I've seen cable access. Every cable access show looks better and more impressive than the NASA set at this point. That's, I'm it glad... It like that, a bunch uh, of broken desks at a temp agency. <laughs> um, thank you for calling, Dell. Can I, um, can I have your customer service number? Thank you. So, hold on, hold on. i got to crash a thing into the moon. So NASA is so downsized now that there are four people running this whole thing. And then they did this recap just now. It was like three nerds sitting around like in a bad webcam out of some guy's basement talking about World of Warcraft versus EverQuest. It was just, it was very just, I, all my illusions about uh, about the nature of space travel have been shattered. Whatever happened to that, that whole auditorium full of guys with crew cuts and those things stuck in their heads? That's what I was thinking too, right? Because after Apollo 13, you're just picturing... And what's the narrow name? Don Draper ties. And you, you're picturing Ed Harris talking about how uh, failure is not an option. And gentlemen, we will not lose this craft. And, and the, the huge flag comes out. <laughs> It, it looked like a plastic flag from the dollar store taped to the wall. And Aaron Copeland is, you know, in my mind's eye, is there in the sort of orchestra pit playing a fanfare for the common man underneath. And then they go to that thing today. I mean, we've got the, the, you know, the billion-dollar technology being used. And there's three guys who look like they could not quite get in to see Stovacore play. Or sitting around like a bad sort of table that, you know, probably like uh, that like doubles as their poker night table. Just going, well, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what we just saw. They'll be downloading some of the video in two hours, and we'll be able to see whether or not... And this could have been the big PR event that NASA could have used to get back to the good of the people Hard after all these shuttle explosions. What do they do? They blow it again. Hard to imagine that they're not getting any funding. All right. Well, in any event... Uh, well, I have some audio from that. It's really uninteresting, though. There's, I, could, I was going to try to tease it as like a thing you really ought to be listening for. But if you stay listening just for this NASA audio, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Let's have no illusion about that. that would, I, would feel, I would feel bad telling you to keep listening just so we can hear. It really was a big nothing. And you missed our big outing at OMSI, too, yeah. by staying here. No, so I got here early you didn't today. Share the experience. I, I was not a team player. I got here really early. I got here like at like at like three fifteen or something this morning, which is like way earlier than I normally do, just so I could go to OMSI, and then I ended up not being able to go because I had this stuff to do. But it sounded like it was a disappointing because of the moon launch. But that OMSI was just filled with drunken freaks this morning. And then there was no communication with people outside. It was like they didn't even want to admit that they were OMSI. To let the people in who yeah. didn't ma- make yeah, it. The doors were just shut and locked and, like, no screens or anything for anyone stuck outside. Was it like you were outside Wonka's factory? Just It, it could have been anywhere. And you wonder, how did these drunken people get there? <laughs> we had a hard enough time finding it and we're sober. Best not to think about that or to get on the road in the next two hours or so. Jesus. I mean, it's a maze of closed streets. Do not turn here. Do not turn there. And finally, you do get there. Mm-hmm. I can never, I mean, just stone cold sober after living here for 12 years, I can never get to OMSI without getting lost. Ever. 
ever, ever. And here's the thing about OMSI. Is that you can see it fine from everywhere. You can see it, but you can't get there. It's exactly. like trying. It's like being in Manhattan, where you can see a skyscraper of some kind. You're like, okay. It's just it's over there. I ah crap, and you can never figure out what road takes you to that thing over there that you can goddamn see from everywhere. So it is with Omni, and it's like that red beaming sign is just there to taunt you. We're right over here. Why can't you find us? Well, I, I think they didn't expect as many people to show up as they did because I guess their auditorium was filled, wow. and then all the drunken louts are outside. Dressed up in costumes like an Independence Day. It was, the, it uh, was kind of amazing. And they should have had like uh, at least a big screen TV in the auditorium where people standing outside could see. Yeah. That but everyone, been nice. dro- everyone dropped a ball on the PR on this. From I don't NASA think they to OMSI to everyone. They did not anticipate the power of the Rick Emerson show, That's Tim. Right. That we is, talked uh, about it endlessly yesterday. They did not anticipate the fact that we would be driving so many dozens and dozens and hundreds of people to see this moon thing, which was just. Uh, just it was just like all the air. Not even it wasn't even like a balloon popping. It was like the air kind of going. Slowly out of a balloon over 12 minutes as I sat there and realized that nothing was going to be happening. And... Or if anything happened, we're not going to be able to see it. And that's the thing. And did you notice this, too? And then the guy went to high-five the other guy, and he ignored him. <laughs> the guy at the NASA desk. As... Well, there's like three things that happened that were that were notable. The first was the actual missile or the rocket or whatever hitting the moon. Which Twice. you couldn't see. Right. And then there was the satellite that was tracking the photos of the missile. You know, in other words, there was like a satellite basically following behind, filming the whole thing. And it looks like what happens when Comcast freezes the picture by mistake on CNN. It just pixelates like Don Draper's face gets all spotty. Wiggle the wire, wiggle the wire. So there's a satellite that was following behind the rocket to get these close-up videos of it as it got ready to hit the moon. And then... As you, it was good. It was actually kind of exciting for a moment. As you saw the moon get closer and closer and closer, I'm like, okay, this is it. And then they did this this jive of switching to, to like uh, infrared mode, mm-hmm. where suddenly it was like you were looking at eight bit Nintendo graphics, and everything was just green and blue and red. And I was like, well, where did the where did the surface of the moon go? And is it because they switched to this weird ultraviolet heat sensing mode or something? Where or was you could it because see they found people there that they didn't want us to see, see again? See, and I'm not a conspiracy guy, but that makes me every time we got close to the moon with these cameras this morning, they would switch to this mode where you couldn't see anything. Yep. I expect so, to see an Indian on a test pattern any on any moment. It was very, uh... It was very perplexing. No, and that was just BS because they're saying, like, oh, there's going to be a big plume of smoke and we yeah. couldn't see anything. No, there was a whole lot of that. We went out to look. Yeah, it was uh, very disappointing. And then if, then when they went back to the nerds for the recap, the guys from NASA, I forget who was that made this point, the, 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 the thousands of people who I think probably still were, even now, work at NASA, like, that's the best they could do. Uh, it was just these three rejects sitting around a sitting around a card table, just, and I think the guy actually started. We complain saying, about our office, but our office is the Ritz compared to what NASA looks like now. Uh, Sir, so is my computer up over there? Yeah. Let me just get just a little bit of uh, of what these guys said at the beginning of the. Uh... Well, Michael, I wonder if you could give us your impressions of uh, of what we just saw and, and uh, mission success. Well, it's hard to tell what we saw there. There you go. So there, <laughs> that's uh, there you go. NASA at work, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> But we all did get up early to try to bring this to you. Yes. Well, bring you a lot of nothing. If we, we endeavor, Tim. Uh, well, it's 5.08. Good morning, you. It is the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. We are uh, live here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's 503-228-4101. If you'd like to join us today, 503-228-4101. Uh, you can also text if you like at 52051. Uh, or you can uh, email us. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at... Rick Emerson.com coming up later on today. Dax Holt from TMZ. Aaron Duran with the Weekend Geek. Uh, Corey Miller, uh, who is uh, from Six Feet Under Tattooing. He's on the show LA Inc. Uh, as well. Uh, Brett Ehrlich from Rotten Tomatoes will be here to talk about paranormal activity. And by the way, we do have a pair of tickets to see paranormal activity. Oh my God, I'm so excited for that movie. 
Uh, it's actually not just tickets. So I think it's actually a, uh, I believe it is a shirt. So it's a uh, some, some swag, including a shirt. So tickets to Paranormal Activity, which opened last night. Um, now, uh, it, Brett Ehrlich from uh, Rotten Tomatoes has seen it. And I know at least one other person who saw it last night because it opened last night at midnight. So I know at least one other person who has been to the screening but who is not awake uh, yet. So uh, we're going to rustle up some uh, early reviews of that today uh, if we can. And again, we have a pair of passes for Paranormal Activity we're going to be giving away later on today. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Derek Dillon. Hello. How was Hello. Your, how was your first full day with your sister here? It was awesome. You got any sleep at all? Yeah, no, I um, no. She knows that my schedule's uh, not conducive to a late night lifestyle. So um, yeah, went out bike riding uh, yesterday. Went out to dinner and then went back to my house and drank some wine and watched Sweet Valley High. And then I was in bed by like nine thirty. Awesome. I'm crazy. Hey, by the way, I, did did I blink and miss something? Did Barack Obama win the Nobel Peace Prize last night? Just a few minutes ago. I have sound, what? but but why? I mean, did I miss something? Well, that's Has just he... a tease. We'll Has get he... into the story later. Maybe he's cured something and I wasn't aware of You know, he's only been... He hasn't even president for a year. What? He hasn't even done anything yet. That's just stupid. All right. Well, I uh, I mean, look, I mean, not like I wouldn't take it if they offered it to me, but come right. on now. Just to play devil's advocate, who do you think should have won it? Who did not? I don't know. Maybe a guy who brought some peace somewhere. I mean, call Nobody's me bringing any peace anywhere. But that's the thing, right? I mean, like, shouldn't you... Aren't we still at war like everywhere we were? Didn't he promise to end uh, all the, Weren't we going to be... Didn't we have people calling us just like a month ago, yelling at us for not covering the alleged fact that we were all, all the troops were leaving Iraq? Yeah. That yeah. didn't happen. That's like... I remember, By the way, everybody who called up to sort of rail on us about that, that hasn't... We're still there. And in fact, aren't we sending more troops to Afghanistan? They're talking about it. That's how you get peace, Tim. That's why you win the Nobel Peace Prize, by sending more troops to shoot people. Somebody told him he could do whatever he wanted, but he could not leave Afghanistan. <laughs> really? Is it that just like, happened one day. Is that like the, is that like the, uh, the tree of knowledge in the mm -hmm. Garden of Good and Evil? You can go here and here. and here. You can't do this, though. Just this one thing over here. We're going to bomb them back to the Stone Age. Wait, they're already there. Well, we can't bomb the moon, apparently. So, I mean, we got to bomb something. Straight ahead, we'll have uh, news from Tim Riley at the news desk. Uh, later on the day, we'll talk to Aaron Duran at the Weekend Geek and uh, Brett Ehrlich from Rotten Tomatoes about paranormal activity. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Do not give nuts to children under six. This is Rock 101. Well, then I'm just going to take my nuts and go home. KUFO. I don't know who that second voice is there. That's uh, I don't like you. I, I didn't. I didn't create that. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. By the way, those bacon peanuts, the, uh, the the planters bacon peanuts, those are actually so good, I had to fight off the urge. Ah, Greg's got a bag over there. Is that the bag I gave you? Yeah, I haven't eaten them all yet. I've been saving them. From listener Brad, who I called Eric for some reason. I don't know what the hell that was all about. Uh, listener Brad, who dropped those off. They're actually so good, I had to fight off the urge to buy a whole separate bag of them at Save for yesterday. I didn't. I will probably uh, I will probably do so this weekend. Oh, by the way, speaking of uh, of listeners, I want to give a, uh, a shout-out to uh, Dan. Uh, Dan, who... Uh, and this is not a... Uh not a uh, plug or a uh, any sort of. I am receiving no compensation for this. I am simply saying, Dan, who works at the uh, the Washman on eighty seconds. You know, I had that whole thing with the, the where I 
It's my instant karma uh, where I tried to, I rolled down the window of my car and I was going to throw that Dairy Queen blizzard out the window because uh-huh. I was all angry that I, so I bought this blizzard at Dairy Queen and I threw the lid off and like I had the lid off for five seconds and I looked and there's a fly crawling around on top of it. And so I was just like, well, I, now I can't eat it because there's a fly on top of it. And I was so angry about the fact that I had been thwarted because I, I very rarely eat things like ice cream. And, but you know what, when, when you want something like that though, you really want it. And I was so irritated that I couldn't eat it that I rolled down the passenger window of my car and I attempted to throw it out the window while I was driving on the highway. The window was a foot and a half away from it. It's right there. And I couldn't hit it. And I hit the inside of the window and it went and exploded all over the inside of my car. And the fly sat there laughing. uh, Probably. And everyone. Uh, And so the inside of my car was just coated in milkshake. And it just, and then like the next day it was real sunny, so it went, it just solidified and just hardened. It was like a magic shell coating, but not on your ice cream so much as on the inside of your automobile. At least it wasn't a Walla bottle like my car, remember? See, that sucks too. Anything that that's was, sweet like, or sticky fruit. or sugary. Oh. And that, yeah, that Walla thing was all like natural too, so it's all like disgusting and decaying. Or to have somebody vomit in your car and it's too late to go to the car wash and you have to drive around the, like that the next day. I guess that had nothing to do with it. Or sure. I mean, has that happened to you? Yes. I, I had an intern vomit in my car once. And and since I lived in the suburbs, nothing was open after five. So, and I did the morning show, so I was forced to drive with vomit in my car the next day. Oh. Wait a minute. I Okay, hold on. i got to write this down. My story is way less interesting. This, this, of course, hold on. Vomit intern. We'll return to that in a second. Anyway, uh, but so then every time I would turn on my heater vent... It smelled like I was blowing a Carvel's ice cream stand into my car because there was ice cream that had dripped into all the, the vents, and the, it was just bad, 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 bad. So uh, I it just it, almost randomly, I just went to uh, I just went to that that place in eighty second because it's you know it's relatively near where I live, and uh, and the guy behind the counter kind of happened happened to know, he's a big fan and whatever. And uh, anyway, so they uh, and now my car is sparkling and wonderful. But uh, anyway, so Dan. Thank you for uh, thank you for listening. So Dan gives us all a big howdy and hooray. Says uh, he loves Peter Carlin. Wants to know uh, when Peter Carlin will be back on the show. Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. Peter has got his Paul McCartney book that is coming out in about two weeks. So in about two weeks, uh, we will have Peter Carlin on the show to talk about his uh, Paul McCartney biography that is coming out very soon. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, it's 526, going to be a nice weekend, sunny skies, high temperatures in the 60s. The moon is still with us, and NASA crashed on the moon twice this morning. Everybody's trying to watch it in different places, and you could see nothing. It was like a pixelated picture, like Comcast gone bad. So, um, we all went to, well, not all of us, most of us went to OMSI, and we were locked out. So you didn't miss anything. No, in fact, you guys came back and you said, uh, and we missed it. And it, like, as as you walked back into the building here. We had here, a minute to go. It's like, we yeah, walked back in at 4.30. So I've got just a little bit. Here's the, here's the triumphant conclusion of this whole uh, the whole NASA thing mm-hmm. this morning. He's just by for shepherding spacecraft impact. The very last seconds of the uh, shepherding spacecraft trajectory as it approaches the lunar surface. We are seeing very small craters within the we, crater. We confirm a thermal signature. Of the crater, our mid-air cameras, over. Copy, science. It's gripping, isn't it? The voice of mission control is a lady these days. We just All received light shepherding s- spacecraft impact stations report LOS. The uh, ground stations at Goldstone just reported Last a Last track is 11.35.35.054 seconds. And then the guy will do the big wrap up here. The spacecraft has hit the surface of the moon, and this marks the end of the L-Cross uh, flight mission. And then there's a pause, and then... 
There's like the golf clapping that happens. I don't know where the claps are coming from, by the way, because I saw that control room. There's like four people in there. Exactly. So I don't know who is. Here's how dull that whole thing was after after all of our big buildup. Here's how uninteresting it was. I just found myself wondering if the chick who did the uh, the, if the voice of mission control chick was hot, and if I could find photos of her online. And so I had to actually f I had to fight off. I almost just closed that NASA window in my uh, browser and just went to Google to see if I could look up images of the NASA the, the NASA mission control, mission control chick. That that is how uh, supremely uh, unsatisfying that whole moon thing. See, was and I was today. thinking about her too, but the way that she's just like as soon as like. She starts to sound panicky, and she's like, all right, I'll make camera. Like, as soon as um, it's almost close to impact. I don't know. Right. Sounds a little little fishy to me. Yeah, and every time a woman like that speaks, like a, any sort of a, when there's like some sort of a scientific-based announcement or a woman who's on a loudspeaker at any sort of, you know, any sort of technological-based happening, it always just reminds me of the voice from Aliens where the woman says, you have five minutes to reach minimum safe distance while Sigourney Weaver's like in the big power loader suit. Well, I don't like somebody who sounds real like Miley Cyrus as the voice of Mission Control. Yeah. <laughs> you have uh, five minutes to. Here's Tim Riley. Meanwhile, life here on Earth continues as normal as more baristas show their bus lines. Outside of Washington, one barista has been arrested, charged with indecent exposure after she was seen standing topless, at least they thought she was, outside of Bikini Bottom Espresso. This is a different one than the last one. And a woman is outraged, and she saw them, and she called police, and she talked with uh, Cairo 7 News about this. Let's see. If, uh... A barista working at a South Sound espresso stand is arrested, accused of standing outside the shop topless. A passing driver called police, and now that teenage barista faces charges of indecent exposure. Cairo 7 Eyewitness News South Sound reporter Kevin McCarty is live in South Hill, where yet another bikini coffee shop is in hot water. Kevin. Steve, Bikini Bottom Espresso sits on a busy street here in South Hill, and the bikini-clad baristas draw a lot of attention. Yesterday, one of them got attention from law enforcement after a woman driving by said she saw a topless barista standing out in the parking lot. Bad edit. Robin Witten says when she drove by the Bikini Bottom Espresso stand in South Hill, she couldn't believe what she saw. Where is this Witten end? says it was South this Hill. woman, 19-year-old Megan Len, standing outside the shop, Topless. I caught her out of the corner of my eye, of course. Uh, I hadn't approached this stand yet. She was standing there, and you could see boobs. <laughs> and I said, okay, if I see a bikini bottom, I'm going, no way. This chick is not standing out here with no shirt on. Witten, uh, who spoke to Cairo 7 by phone from her home in Olympia, says she called 911 and reported Len to the Pierce County Sheriff's Really? Yes. Well, what appears is she had black tape or a small portion of her breast covered up, which... We call that a nipple, sir. You're really close. Len's sparse outfit was part of what some call Pasty Wednesday at Bikini Bottom. <laughs> Angie Stone lives across the street. If you have a great personality, you can sell coffee and you can make a good coffee, you're going to get tips for She's holding a baby. You don't need to dress scandalous or trampy. Or... Len was arrested, cited for indecent exposure, and released. She refused comment on the incident. So did her boss, Cheryl England, who told me there will be no more Pasty Wednesdays. All right. I don't even. I, yeah. A, who calls 911? The lady uh, holding the baby. Oh, so it's not the barista holding the baby. It's the joyless woman from Olympia whose husband hasn't touched her in seven years. Mm -hmm. That's who's. I'm, I'm just speculating. Well, I, the baby looks about two, so it's going to be at least two years, if not more. The, <laughs> Once was enough. So she calls 911 because she sees what the guy won't refer to as a nipple, but which clearly she, no, she thinks spaces, is. You know, go right here or there. Right. I mean, yeah, right. So she thinks, yes. Well, that, it was Pasty Wednesday. So that's the weird thing is she can't tell the difference between a nipple and black electrical tape, <laughs> which is weird. So it makes you wonder what her nipples look like.
So now they have to come up with a new promotion for Wednesday. And it was Pasty Wednesday? Yes. Maybe that was like an out... Maybe it was a Pastry Wednesday initially, and then they ran out of R's for the uh, letterboard at some point. They do have another coffee shop in the Puyallup area. (laughs) Wow. All right, there you go. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles. Coming up at 6 o'clock, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. 620, Mystery Guest. 7 o'clock, Aaron Duram at the Weekend Geek. And tickets to see Paranormal Activity. Stay right there. We're live from Portland. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show continues next on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you so much for joining us. In just a uh, moment, we will speak with CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop in Los Angeles. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines for you on this Friday morning. We crash into the moon. We try to blow it up. We were unsuccessful. By the way, Red Dawn is filming right now in Detroit. And the 7-Up sign on Northeast Sandy is temporarily taken down. Did the moon, uh, did the moon prompting... Or the moon blowing up prompt you to remind you of uh, the prompt? Did that remind you to talk about Red Dawn? Did that prompt that in your head? Well, I was going to talk about Red Dawn anyway. All right. It just happened to be on the same day that we blew up the moon. They're filming it in Detroit? Yeah. I guess that seems strangely appropriate. I mean, they them. don't have to do any set dressing there. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's. Find me a place that looks like a bombed out, deserted wreck of a town filled with hopeless people. Pick any street. Half uh, of them are empty. We do want to take a, a moment here on the Rick Emerson Show before we welcome Jim Roop to uh, give a special uh, birthday greeting. Uh, a listener named Abs is celebrating his birthday today. Rick, on the eve of my birthday, I just had to write and thank you. He says, as I turn the depressing, my best years behind me, age of 24, I have to look back and thank those who have impacted me. He continues, I've been listening to you since I was 16. I remember the first time I heard you, I couldn't believe that there existed a radio show like yours. I have been through multiple station changes, you and me both, sir. And these days, I podcast you guys each afternoon since I have to listen at night. Uh, thank you for being an intelligent, literate, and not boring, not afraid to shoot your mouth off radio show. My respects to uh, you, Tim, Sarah, and Greg, signed Abs. Uh, and then he says, oh, and then, and then he says, P.S., I just found out that I share a birthday with Sarah. Awesome. I will drink to her tomorrow, which is today. So, happy birthday to you, sir, and happy birthday to Sarah X. Dillon. Thank you, sir. Who also turns 24 today. <laughs> I do, indeed. It's 503. I remember her back when she was 24. Wait a minute. Are you well, what? Not that it was that long ago, Mike. We all started age shaving a couple years ago. We picked an no, age I'm, we were going to stay at. Are, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm 29 years old today. Okay, so is this the age? Are we now you staying at this age? I don't know. I think you should. I mean, I, I'm saying if, if I have a vote, I say you stay 29. Okay. I think I'll be 29. I'm just saying, okay, 29. Awesome. There I am. Done. Forever. It's 503-228-4101. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, James Roop. Hello, sir. And a very good morning to you. Boy, I remember when I turned 24, my life went right downhill. <laughs> good Lord. 24? Jim, you don't actually think I'm 24. No, I think he's referring to the guy, to the listener. (laughs) I assume you're... 21, 22. That's what I'm saying. Good you're, man, yeah, yeah, you're man. way, you, yeah, you, uh, you have way too much spunk to be 24, Sarah. You've, yeah. uh, you've still got the light of hope in your eyes. I mean, when you're 24, you got that mail order account with Geritol, I think. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I was doing when I was, was that the hell was I doing when I was 24? Oh, I was unemployed. Alone, no doubt. I was, when I was, tw- uh, when I turned 24, I was unemployed, living in a house with four other dudes, one of whom I'm pretty sure sold heroin to help pay the rent. <laughs> Uh, I must have been living in my house. And I ate almost all of my meals 
from a convenience store that was down the street, and I couldn't afford to buy regular meals from the convenience store, so I would buy all of their like old food from underneath the, the heat lamps as they were getting ready to throw it out because the guy would sell it to me for half price. <laughs> so, sir, whatever you're doing out there, listener, uh, Abs, your name is? Whatever you're doing at, your, at this point in your life, you are way better off than I probably was at 24, so... You know, there for the grace of uh, of 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 you know of of God go you, Jesus. Anyway, uh, good morning, Jim Roop. How are you today? I'm well, thank you very much. Let's talk about this flu shot business, only because I like to hear about uh, things that are causing discord and strife. So there's some sort of a disconnect I think happening between there's like the man who wants you to get the flu shot, and then there's the guy actually who has the needle, the nurse or the healthcare office or whatever who. You know, and then there's the people who are you know being told to get the flu shot. So there's three groups of people, none of whom seem to be on the same page about this thing. That's true, and that's one of the things that uh, the uh, county health director in L.A. was complaining about yesterday. We just got our first shipments of the nasal spray stuff, the stuff they use for kids, uh, in yesterday, and he's saying, now, we got to get these things. I know there's some health uh, care professionals, and he's saying, I can't believe with all we know that there are health care professionals that don't want to take this shot. Um, it's, it's, it's as safe as any other flu shot, made exactly the same way. In fact, if this, if H1N1 was discovered just a few weeks earlier than it was, it would have been included in this year's seasonal flu shot mix. So there is nothing you said to worry about. you got to get this shot or nobody's coming to work. It's as simple as that. Is that so it's a mix? So when you get a flu shot, it's like a Whitman sampler of, uh, that's, of vaccines? That's what I understood him to say yesterday. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mix of, of concoctions that addresses certain bacteria or vi- I'm sorry, virus. It's, it's virus. It's not bacteria. Uh, and, and that's how this thing is developed. It's developed based on the strain of flu that's out there. And this would have been, he said, included in that mix. But since it was discovered later, and this batch has already been made up or was already in the process of being made up, he had to have like an addendum or a supplement type of swine flu, uh, flu shot, which happens to be the H1N1 uh, flu shot. And you can get them both at the same time if you get the injection. You get one on one arm and one on the other. This is like, uh, this is like when, when Microsoft releases something, and then they realize later they forgot to add the part of the program that keeps people from stealing all of your credit card information and ruining you. And then they have to put out like a, like, like a download yeah. you get a week later. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I've never ever gotten a flu shot, but I think I might this year. So now is that because uh, because I'm just lazy and never have the time to go do it? But when you're saying you might get it this year, is that be is that because you think that if you if if you do happen to get the swine flu, and we actually know somebody, we have a friend of the show, a, a guy named uh, a guy named Dave, who got the the swine flu. Um, is that because you think if you get the swine flu, in other words, the 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 downside? Of getting the actual swine flu is way worse than the you know the, than the hassle or the upside of not getting it and maybe skipping whatever little uh, you know whatever little illness you get from the shot itself. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a, I don't want to be knocked on my butt for a week or two. You See, know, I, I I this shot uh, apparently is supposed to when you get it because this doesn't stop you from getting it uh, that it minimizes the symptoms so you can manage it better. I mean, yeah, you still have to stay home for a day or two, but in, until your temperature drops below a hundred degrees, if you do get a temperature, but by the same token, it's not going to be as bad as if you didn't get the shot at all and the symptoms are out there for the virus or the, that you're out there for the virus to attack full force. So that's probably why I'm going to get it. Now, it's because I don't want to be knocked on my butt for 
two weeks. That's interesting. Now, if you the, the regular flu shot for the non-swine flu, is that now does that keep you from getting that, or does it do the same thing? Does it just does minimize it? From what I and that's something I learned yesterday. It's not that it stops you from getting it. It's that if you do get exposed to the virus, the symptoms are not as intense to the point where you don't even know you have it in some instances, but you are infected by it. So I thought that was very, very interesting. See now, I see now. I don't know. See, I, I just I, think I might want it now. I'm, so, I'm just. <laughs> I was just going to say. I'll do it if you do it. Right I now. have never gotten a flu shot in my life, only because. And again, it's the same thing. It's you know what it is. It's the return on investment. Because for me, it's like somebody said. Well, if you you know, well, if you don't get a flu shot, why would you? Why did you get the polio shot? And I said, well, because the downside. You know, of not getting the polio shot, is it like, hey, I'm not gonna not gonna be walking? Uh, you know, whereas you know, the d- downside of getting the flu shot is, okay, maybe I get the flu, but you know, but maybe it also gives me the flu just by getting it. But the swine flu, I guess, th- the argument you're making is a good one, which is that as opposed to the regular flu, which is still no walk in the park, is swine flu, yeah, put you on your on your back for two weeks, and yeah. so it might be worth blunting the effect of that. You've turned us all around on this, uh, Jim, just in oh, the last now, five again, minutes. Again, let me let me say this too. Let me. The caveat here is that it's not 100% for everybody. People are made up differently, and some people have stronger immune systems than others. And even with the support of a flu shot, someone who gets the flu may still get pretty intense symptoms because they're not as healthy as they think they are anyway. Your mileage may vary. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So uh, I, I think... And I wasn't even considering it really until yesterday. And then I'm sitting there at this news conference going, yeah, you know what? If they crack open one of those juniors now, I'll take one. Um, or I might, I'll go by my doctor and pay the 10 bucks. And by the way, this, the swine flu shot, it's supposed to be free. Now, there may be a $10 administrative fee by your doctor. So if your doctor charges you 55 bucks for a, a swine flu shot, I'm, I'm being horked. You off. All right. Well, screw it. I'm going to go get that this weekend. Done or it. if they advertise on Craigslist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you may not be able to get it uh, uh, this week. I, I don't know. Oh, see, now I want it even more. That's the thing. If you're telling me I want it and I can't have it, now i got to have it. I, I, you know, I don't know how the shipments are out. We just got an, an, an eighty to 90,000 uh, doses yesterday here in L.A. County. That's going to go right to kids and things like that. Then the, the injectable flu shot gets here in a week or two. Um, but you have you have a good month or so before you have to worry about it. And in fact, uh, Dr. Jonathan Fielding, who's the director of health here in the county, said, "Just you know, don't go rushing to your health provider now. He's just going to tell you he doesn't have any, and you're going to think, oh my God, there's a shortage. It's not a shortage. They're just getting the shipments out. So if I try really hard, I can probably start a panic of some kind. You know, it would be great, wouldn't it? Awesome. Something All to right. talk about for another week. Fantastic. Well, uh, Jackson's not in the news anymore. Well, you see, you say that, and then they're going to, you know, as soon as we get off the air today, it's wait, always at 9.01. We'll get off the air today, and they will go bust. What's his name? They'll go bust that and doctor. You know, and it's a Friday, too. I should yeah. shut my stinking mouth. <laughs> Don't tempt fate, sir. All right, my friend. Have a fantastic weekend. Thank you. You, too. There you go. CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Oh, and then uh, before we uh, break, let's do this. Hello, Jeremiah. Hi, how are you? Pretty good. How's it going? I'm uh, I'm Dandy. You so you got the the swine flu thing yesterday. Yep. Uh, now is that uh, you don't have to say where exactly, but would you just go to your hospital or how'd you do that? No. Um, well, we uh, took our daughter to the WIC appointment, and they were giving them out for free, and they kept coming over and bugging us. So we we're like, okay. And yeah, they gave us the nasal spray. It was one uh, nasal thing per nose, and it made you a little lightheaded, and your stomach was a little bit, you know, right, whooshy, but you know. 
Now is that now? Did they have to? Did they do any uh, tests or anything on you beforehand? Like do you have to? You know, like sometimes they'll uh, ask if you're allergic to certain medication. Do they'll test a small area of your of your of your arm or something before they give you a shot to see if it reacts with you? Do they do any of that, or they just go, "Hey, do you want the the vaccine?" You go, "Yeah," and they go, "Okay." Yep. They just say, "Here, we'll fill up this form." And they ask, "Are you allergic to anything?" Nope. Nope. <laughs> Interesting. How long did you have the weird swishy uh, stomach feeling for? Mm, about an hour. And then you were fine. Yeah, I just ate something, you know. It was early in the morning, and, yeah, then it was just fine. Awesome. All right, thank you, my friend. Okay, All right, yeah, we're there going. we go. There is uh, Jeremiah. All right. Well, now I have to get it done. It's uh, Now that I've been told I might not uh, be able to find it, I demand that it be brought to me. You're going to get sick. We should just demand that people... Are you going to get it? No. We should totally do a thing where we chart our illness over the next... Uh, <laughs> we should get it, and then we should chart our illness over the next three or four months. Okay. Now, I've been convinced. It'll Every get, time I get one of those shots, I get sick. Can I, sick. can I just speak for everybody? If Jim Roop is getting it, and that's a guy who, like, I mean, 90% of his meals come out of a bottle. Let's be honest. I mean, if that guy's going to get the swine flu uh, uh, the, you know, shot or whatever, I'm totally doing it. It's 503-228-4101. If you are caller 10 right now, by the way, at 503-228-4101, you get yourself a, a pair of tickets to the Star Wars in concert Wednesday uh, the 14th. It is next Wednesday at the Rose Garden. A unique multimedia experience combining classic John Williams scores and unforgettable cinematic moments from Star Wars, The Saga. Tickets available at ComcastTix.com uh, or at the Rose Quarter box office. Or if you are a caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101. Coming up next, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler and later on, Mystery Guest at 620. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show live from Portland. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. KUFO Portland. Rick Emerson, Show on Rock 101, KUFO. This just in, Kelly Clarkson is huge. <laughs> I mean, she's... She is. She's not just, like, slightly chubby. She's not thick, as the kids say. That's a... Uh, yeah, she's uh, she's turned round. When did that happen? I don't know. Well, her newest single is with a donut like this. <laughs> when Greg said it, that, like, during slack moments in the song, he expected her to be eating nachos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get my energy up for the next stanza. <laughs> Since you've been gone. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Sarah. I don't wow. mean to bust on your sister. No, it's okay. It frustrates me, too. It's just like, goddamn Kelly Clarkson. Like, you should be able to control yourself. You're a billionaire. <sighs> That's it. I mean, if Hire you... Hire someone uh, to, yeah, to put you on a treadmill and make you dinner. Like. That, that was my whole thing. Uh, that was my whole thing with Oprah. Every time Oprah has this the, the weird thing of wheeling out a wheelbarrow of fat on stage... You know, to which she did at one point to talk about uh, how much weight she'd lost, and then she put it back on, and then she put it back on. And Kirstie Alley's the same way. God damn, I know that we talk about this a lot. Have you seen Kirstie Alley recently? <laughs> yes, but it's not surprising. Hey, it's 2009, <laughs> by the way. She's on the cover of National Enquirer. She's on the cover of National Enquirer because she's weeks away from death, apparently. She's massive. I mean, she's like Winona massive. So, I, it's, you know, it's funny how they don't use her for you know, Scientology infomercials. No, this no, no. is crazy. Scientology's kept me healthy and, you know, it's like, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's all very weird. It's 503-228-4101. In just a few moments, we will uh, unveil. Uh, I'll be out of the room, but you all will learn the, the identity of today's mystery guest. Now, Greg and Sarah, you guys seem very excited about this mystery yep. guest. Yes. And you'll see why after you find out who it is. Yeah, uh, it's a man. very exciting we're, day. We're very confident. All right. Mystery guest uh, revelation coming here in just a few minutes. And then the actual mystery guest segment 
uh, at 620. I'm sorry, Greg, before we do the ball talk thing, you've got a small piece of white lint on your right sleeve. It's driving me crazy. Where is it? I don't see it. I don't see it. You bastard. It's right there. You know, that's hardly even lint. Make me come over there. Maybe it's a ball talk. He's still staring at it. I'm averting my eyes. <laughs> all right. I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. Uh, all right. In uh, Major League Baseball, the playoffs are still going on. <laughs> You're still staring at my There was like sleep. a lackluster opening you just did there. Let's talk <laughs> balls. Well, I'm, I'm nervous you know now because you're like staring at my shoulder with menacing eyes. Well, I think it's gone. I think you get rid of it. All right. All right. Uh, all right. In Major League Baseball, uh, the playoffs are going on. The Angels beat Boston yesterday. Colorado even their series at one each with the Phillies and the Dodgers beat St. Louis 3-2. to two. In uh, college football... Huge, huge disappointment last night. Um, big, uh, terrible news in the world of college football. Nebraska won. They beat uh, Missouri. It's the first time they beat a ranked opponent since 2006. So if you work with a Cornhuskers fan today, I, uh, I am very sorry for you. You're going to have to hear that a lot. Because in the hierarchy of uh, annoying, obnoxious, undeservedly self-righteous fans, Nebraska ranks about number three. It's Ohio State number one, Oklahoma number two, Nebraska fans number three. Notre Dame is sometimes in there as well. Well, although they've been uh, sucking pretty bad lately, so they're they're even there, kind of beat down. Um, the uh, Ducks are going to be playing UCLA this weekend without Jeremiah Masoli. He is going to be out injured. Um, Nate Costa is going to be taking his place. Oregon State is playing Stanford, and I think OSU actually has a good chance of winning that one. Uh, a lot of potential for upsets this weekend. A lot of chances to catch some weeping losers on live television. Uh, LSU is playing Florida. One of those teams will be crying because pretty much the entire fan base of both of those colleges is based around seeking uh, seeing their team win the SEC championship, and if they fail, then basically they feel they've fa- failed at life, and uh, that's pretty much true, too. <laughs> that's about all they have going for themselves. Um, Mississippi is probably going to beat Alabama. I think Wisconsin could beat Ohio State, which would be awesome. Again, two, uh, two fan bases that are a lot of whining losers. But still, I would much rather see Ohio State lose. Uh, Michigan uh, could beat Iowa. I think uh, we got a good chance of that. In NFL news, uh, who is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL? Tony Romo. Tony Romo has uh, been getting a lot of flack lately for uh, not only playing terribly, but last week uh, against Denver, apparently he was fourth down, and he didn't realize this and started yelling at his team to, to get back onto the field because he thought it was only third down. <laughs> Isn't that the guy that eats all the ribs? Uh, no, no. This is the guy that uh, oh. this is the guy that was uh, doing Jessica Simpson. Okay, that one. Yeah. So, so he, he lost ri- track of what down he it lost was. track of what down it was, and his whole team was uh, was taking off, and he uh, yeah back! didn't realize it. Yeah, and started yelling at them. Uh, so a lot of good games. Dallas is playing Kansas City, uh, New England at Denver, Indianapolis at Tennessee, and I will be watching them all at the Cascade Bar and Grill in Vancouver this Sunday from one p.m. to three p.m. You can come out and drink some Bud Light with me, and we'll have you'll have a chance to win a thirty-two inch flat screen. T- Television, and that's at Cascade Bar and Grill this Sunday. All the details are at KUFO.com. And that concludes this edition of Ball Talk. Awesome. There you go. There's another exciting edition of Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. All right, I'm going to step out of the room while uh, Sarah and Greg reveal the identity of today's mystery guest. Okay. I'm stepping into the uh, la, 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 la. hallway where I can hear nothing. Okay. So awesome. Today, okay. we have mm-hmm. Lorenzo Lamas. <gasps> and... And Shane Lamas, his daughter. Yes, because they have like some new like weird reality show or something. Oh, who knew that he had a daughter? Well, I know. I, I guess yeah. He could. Well, and this has been something we've been, tr- we've been trying to achieve a double mystery guest for a long time. They're both going to be on the phone at the same time. Yes, it's it's a total score, so we're really excited. Yes. I think Rick's going to be thrown through a loop with this one. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Okay. We give him a clue and see it's a deli. Back in now. 
Okay. The identity of the mystery guest has been revealed. I have no idea. No, no looking at the text messages. Oh, yeah, I will close my... Uh, there we go. All right, I won't check my email. Text messages closed. All right, there you go. It's 503-228-4101. Mystery guest straight ahead. Uh, coming up at 640, more news from Tim Riley. 7 o'clock, The Week in Geek. And it's 720. Give away a pair of tickets to see Paranormal Activity. Stay right there. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Look, if we're going to make out, you're not going to give me typhus or something, right? I mean, can we just uh, can we have an honest discussion about that? This is Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up at uh, 640 this morning, more news from Tim Riley. Tim is tracking the following headlines on your uh, Friday morning. Traveling at nearly 6,000 miles an hour, a rocket is fired into the moon. Luckily, it doesn't damage the moon at all. And that local Washington teenager is becoming a celebrity. We'll hear from his mom. Miley Cyrus quits Twitter and deletes her account. And the Dalai Lama shrugs off an Obama snug. Don't you think that there ought to be uh, some sort of a, uh, you know, like a like a snack food, like a, I don't know, like a Middle Eastern snack food place called the Delhi Lama? Yes, I do. I think there should be a major chain of them. And then the mascot would be like a llama with sunglasses or something. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, hey, I'm the Delhi Lama telling you to, you know, whatever. Right, and there, there would be multiple deadly llamas. It's the way, to, it's the way my, my brain works. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up at 7 o'clock, Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. Uh, at 7.20, Brett Ehrlich from uh, Rotten Tomatoes will be joining us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, coming up at 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ. Plus uh, Corey Miller from LA Inc. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. Waiting oh, for the phone to be on hold. I'm, oh, no. he's Remember, he has to not put it on hold. Right. I... Are we going? Yeah. Okay. I did. I don't know. Yeah, I was just he, waiting he for it to it be. He keeps it off hold so that you can't hear. I know. How do we normally do this? I've forgotten. He he doesn't put it on hold. And so then the, the nun serious. said, let's do it. The room's already paid for. Did you look and see who it was? And then half the moon, and then half the moon was missing after the explosion. Okay so, he is, okay, so he's not standing by. Greg has that look on his face like sometimes when he's standing by waiting to yeah. hear. Yeah, oh. he's there. Okay, all right. Uh, Lorenzo Lamas, Really? Oh, I'm sorry, Lorenzo and Shane Lamas. I tried to give you a clue by calling him the Delhi Lamas, but you wow, Lorenzo and Shane Lamas. Okay, so we are prepared now. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. All right, and uh, so anyway, then I said uh, that was no whale. That was my cousin. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, it's funny because it's true. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, ladies and gentle folk. Lorenzo and Shane Lamas joining us now on the uh, Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Lorenzo and Shane Lamas, good morning to you both. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Where are you calling from right now? Well, I'm in um, I'm in the, the the Hollywood Hills here, and my dad is uh, dad. You're in Beverly Hills, right? Yeah, I'm in a bathrobe. <laughs> so wait a minute. So. So yeah. this and really. My dad and I were actually just discussing how none of our homes right now have coffee, and um, we don't know how that happened. 
So this really is the life of uh, of Lorenzo and Shane Lamas. Uh, Lorenzo Lamas in a bathrobe. Uh, you're both calling from far ritzier houses uh, than the one in which I live, and you're lamenting the fact that there is no coffee. So clearly the day's big quest will be to be properly caffeinated and then to find perhaps a series of bathrooms to uh, bathrobes to, uh, to wear throughout the day. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually yeah, I'm actually laying in bed. <laughs> it's another it's another difficult day in the life of Renzo and Shane Lamas. Uh, so you guys are calling from going out there in Portland, Oregon. I haven't, I haven't the last time I was up there was in November. I was filming a movie up there and I loved it. It's beautiful. Portland is a great place. Portland is uh, we have been the uh, the location for a lot of TV shows and a lot of uh, a lot of films lately. Leverage, uh, the third season of Leverage is going to be filming here. The second season of Leverage was filmed here. Uh, uh, a movie called Twilight, was filmed there. Twilight, and then a movie called The Road with uh, Viggo Mortensen uh, is uh, going to be coming out very soon, and that was uh, that was filmed here as well. So and The Shining as well, remember? And The Shining, right? Good. Look at you. Look at the look at the uh, the big brain on Shane Lamas there, as they say in Pulp Fiction. Timberline Lodge is actually where all the exteriors for the movie uh, The Shining were filmed. Uh, Lorenzo, do you want to weigh it? Do you have movie trivia of your own you'd like to bring to the table here? I'm glad you guys have a film commission that prevents everybody from going to Vancouver because that got really old. Well, you know, what we uh, what we do is we just ring the border of Oregon with guys with guns. And uh, when they try to move the production to Canada, we just tell them, I'm sorry, uh, you're just going to have to stay here. Yeah, I know. Can't get by. I, know. I think uh, I think Portland, Oregon actors work more than uh, Hollywood, LA actors. To be honest with you, <laughs> my uh, my news director and uh, our production assistant Greg are shaking their heads. They're both actors, and they are uh, shaking their heads at that, saying that is not so much the case. <laughs> I uh, okay. okay. Well, you know, the, well, it could. We're probably even just about now. So so um, so bring us at the speed on what uh, you know on the latest projects and what you guys are talking about right now. The show that we're doing is, a, is is basically, it's a reflection of what all the folks out there are going through. I mean, you know, we all have have problems with uh, some members of, of our family, and we try to work through those problems. The only difference is that, you know, we're a real Hollywood family. You know, I mean, there's there's been wrestling families, there's been rock and roll families, and so this is what Hollywood actors go through uh, as a family, living in L.A., trying to struggle to make it in the industry, and dealing with the family dynamics that sometimes are a little strange. And uh, I, I think people are going to be surprised as, as to how, how really funny situations can be. You know, I mean, yeah, there, there is drama. It's, it's real life. So, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have your, your scenes of, of anger and, and frustration. But, but there's, a, there's a real comedic tone to it. And I think Shane brings that into focus. You know, the show revolves around her. She's the nucleus and and it, all of us kind of revolve around her her, her life and, and her world and her personality is so so big, you know, she's got this great charisma and it really comes across on TV. Oh, thank you, Dad. I pay them to say this, by the way. So. I can I just speak for all of us here when I say that you guys are really adorable. There's uh, you are utterly charming. There's no way around it. So she's the nucleus which I you would be then the proton. Undoubtedly, uh you are the proton circling around and uh, sort of a uh, you know, being you know the patriarch of the uh, of the family, so you think that the uh, that the show, which is um, uh, which is Leave It to Lamas, that this is sort of a maybe a an amplified or maybe a Technicolor version of what the average typical American family probably goes through, just a, in a slightly different way. Yeah, yes, I, I mean, my mom, my mom's going through menopause, baby, and she doesn't hide it. 
You know, she she says, guys, I'm like, we've caught her, oh my gosh, doing some crazy loony things. She's laying on my couch with pee bags on her. And I walk in and I say, what are you doing with my pee bags? You know, frozen peas on your chest. Ah, oh, that kind of. Menopause and I am hot. I mean, there's just, you know, and but my mom's fabulous and witty, you know, but it's just like, we're we're all, you know, characters in our own right, but, but so honest. And that's what we, you know, hope to give our viewers is relatable quality. Because I know when I, I mean, we tune in to watch, re, you know, reality TV for two reasons. One, to to try and be relatable and to uh, say, okay, that's what I go through in my life. Or two, to be completely and utterly entertained by these wackos. We're kind of both of those mix. Well, so if uh, so, if somebody is going through the same thing, like for example, I remember when my uh, mom went through menopause. I was still living at home and. I just remember hearing these this weird banging sound at like 3.30 a.m. from my mom throwing open every window in the house. And we, my dad and my, oh, yeah. we all got him. We were like, Mom, what are you doing? She's like, it's so hot. And it was like December, opening every window, turning on the air conditioning, uh, full blast. So is, so somebody's watching uh, Leave It to Lamas, they can say, well, by God, that girl from The Bachelor and that guy from Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, they have the same problems we do. Hey, look, listen, my father has paid his, his major dues. His first role was in Greece, uh, the first Greece. So I think he, um, he, uh, you know, he's, he's paid his dues in this, in this town. But, um, yeah, the first show, the, the um, Sunday night at, on E at 11, the first premiere show, my mom is caught doing something absolutely ridiculous because of her menopause. And I, my brother and I walk into the house and catch her and it is just absurd. Absurd, and it is. It, we were just in shock. I mean, it, it's nothing like dirty That's, or gross or anything. I'm not saying that. It was just what she was doing is hysterical, and it's actually in the first episode. She's probably going to die that they they used it, but of course they would. It's entertaining. The, so, the uh, um, yeah, there's some funny moments. It premieres Sunday, October 11th, 10:30 p.m. Uh, on E. Lorenzo and Shane Lamas. The show is Leave It to Lamas. So thank uh, both of you guys for spending some time with us, and best of a continued success with all you do. Thank you so much. All right. Hope you find that coffee this morning. Oregon. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. There you go. There All right. Lorenzo and Shane Lamas. That's well, a that good was, kind of father-daughter love. That was totally unexpected. Mm-hmm. All right. It's, uh, wow. That was weird. Dad, you don't really expect to be talking to Lorenzo Lamas. And Lorenzo by you, I mean Lamas, me. Lorenzo Lamas, he's so awesome. How great was that? And how do they run out of coffee? I don't know, but I like the idea. He's in a bathrobe and she's in bed, and just like, so anyway. Uh, and oh, and we should talk to Nibbler after the break because he overheard their conversation back really? and forth before we were on the air. Was it quite something? Yes. All right. By the way, it is six twenty nine a.m. You know that because we were just talking to Lorenzo Lamas, and six twenty nine a.m. is Lamas time. Uh, this time, check delivered to you by Cooney BMW's twenty nine minute fast and free service. Performance has an address. Cooney BMW. So there you go. When we come back, we will talk to Greg Nibbler, and we'll find out exactly what went on. Before the phone call, what was behind the scenes of that call with Lorenzo Lamas and Shane Lamas? We will find out uh, when we get back here. Some nibbler coming in to give us the lowdown on that. I'm with Shane Lamas right now. I'm thinking you're probably right. Well, she's, I mean, she's like a chatterbox. You can tell. I mean, in the best way. I mean, she's very. How old would you guess that she is? <sighs> no more than 25. I think that's right. She's, right. there's she no way, 24. Like a child. Yeah, she's got, well, she was on The Bachelor. I think she's got, I think she was in her early 20s then. Mm. Yeah, I think she's got like she's old enough to have a mother going through menopause. Well, how weird to have you know? I, should, I would if we'd had time, I would have told Lorenzo Lamas I have at home a uh, something that he did years ago. Probably most people know him. He did a self defense video 
And was like, I'm Lorenzo Lamas, and I'm going to teach you how to defend yourself against... And then, like, as he's doing the intro, a guy, like, charges him with a knife, and he grabs the guy and, like, throws him <laughs> across from him, and he goes, just like that, a situation could come out of nowhere. I'm Lorenzo Lamas. It's awesome. It's 503-228-4101, and we come back. Uh, we'll talk to Greg about the uh, behind-the-scenes of that uh, mystery guest. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Aaron Duran with the Weekend Geek, 720. Brett Ehrlich from the Rotten Tomatoes Show. We'll have a pair of passes for you to see uh, Paranormal Activity as well. Right now, though, if you were caller 10 at 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101, you're going to get to see Juliette Lewis perform on Saturday at Dante's Plus, a special invitation for you and a guest to attend a private acoustic set at the KUFO Rock Lounge earlier in the day. Tickets available at ticketswest.com. You've got to be 21 and over. And if you were caller 10, right now you win a pair of those. 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Stay right there. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. By the way, uh, Nibbler and I have decided we're going to bring back SWAS. That is going to be the adjective. We're going to start working that into our conversation. Just like Swass. FYI. It's, uh, and then I'm going to start singing Buttermilk Biscuits a lot. Here it's we go. It's 503-228-4101. Uh, if you'd like to uh, be part of today's program, you can also text if you like at 52051. You can email it. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Aaron Duran will have the Week in Geek at 7.20. Brett Ehrlich uh, from Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes TV. He will uh, join us uh, as well. So he does the Rotten Tomatoes show, which is on um, uh, current TV. And he saw last night, uh, he saw a paranormal activity. So we're going to uh, speak with him about that, and we'll have a pair of tickets to be giving away. We're going to be playing Name That Kill, and it's put together by Aaron Durant. So be listening. And then uh, coming up at 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ Ooh. and uh, Corey Miller, who stars in L.A. Inc., will be joining us uh, very at 830 man. as well. He's got kind of that, um, he, he, like a little bit of like a Craig Gass kind of a thing going on, but looks a little bit more like he'd probably beat your ass if you got on the wrong side of him. So we just spoke with um, with Lorenzo and Shane Lamas moments ago. <laughs> And you are right when you said that if it had not been for the fact that Shane spoke with a Y, I would not have known it was a girl, and I would have said, hello, gentlemen, and then it would have been all awkward. <laughs> so thank you for spelling her name correctly. I felt like it would be cheating if I would have changed the no, that, spelling of the name. Because I would have said, hello, you know, sirs, or something, and it just would have been it would have been terrible. <laughs> but they were the mystery guesters. Now, I have to say, strangely enough, there's lots of stuff I could have talked to Lorenzo Lamas about. We'll have about. to have him back on. We will have to have him back on, because A, I hear they're doing a sequel to Mega Shark vs. Giant Octopus. B, I've got that uh, bitch in home security or home like self defense video he did years ago, and then I could talk about Renegade and how my mom used to make us all really uncomfortable by watching it and saying, "Oh, he's so hunky," which is just made me feel oogie. You though, uh, Nibble, you talked to to him and his daughter before they came on as the mystery guest. I did. I talked to them, and then uh, you know, as part of the mystery guest, I tell them I'm putting them on hold, but I can't really do that because if they did, they'd be listening to the show and right, hear right. that they're the mystery guest. So I just say, "Oh yeah," and you guys are going to be on hold for a minute, and I just kind of set the phone down. <laughs> well, I picked it back up and decided to listen in on what's going on, so they didn't know I was listening. And it's the two of them like bickering about how tired they are. And they talked about not having any coffee, and then they started talking about. Um, 
he wanted her to pick him up later on today because they apparently have to go look at something for their their jewelry line or something like that. They're <laughs> they're complaining to each other like back and forth, and it was hilarious. And then I talked to them afterwards too. That's fantastic. Well, what did they say? Afterwards? What did they say afterwards? Well, afterwards, I started talking about the acting thing and you know about work here versus there. I, I apparently, I don't know if they have any other interviews today because <laughs> <laughs> even though we were given an eight-minute time limit, uh, they apparently yeah didn't have anywhere fast to go to. They had so, all day. Yeah, we're, so we're just like chatting for another like three minutes afterwards. But, so this is the rehearsal for Oprah. Yeah, I, yeah. So, um, I gotta say though, I I think I have a crush on Shane Lomas. Uh, I don't even know what she looks like. I guessed that she was 24 and blonde. She's 23 Why? and blonde. She Her was on days in November. She doesn't sound very smart, but man, <laughs> she doesn't have to be. <laughs> Peter, I mean, it's really, not no. is no. that really crucial? No, it's not necessary at all. No, uh, she's let's hot. See here, let's see, Shane Lamas. Yeah, look at this. Lorenzo Lamas's face, though. Nah, well, you got to forget about. You got to block that part. Oh, this out. is a bad photo of her, though. Where, where did you go? I don't I went to Wikipedia. This is a bad picture. Oh, that's a much better. Just Google the image shirts. There's one of her in a red bikini that uh, she looks like she sounds. I think you'll find that's heavily airbrushed though. You can yeah. look around her hair. You can see that it's like that. Okay, but go to Wikipedia and look up Shane Lamas. That's Shane with a with a Y and then oh. Lamas with one. That's an awkward picture from Wikipedia. She looks like a she wow. Lo- that's bad. She looks like Loretta Swit. Like if you oh, uh, like if you caught her off guard, like oh I didn't know I was being photographed. Shh. Why are you those know? pictures so different? Captured well, for all eternity. And apparently, she won the twelfth season of The Bachelor. Yes, I didn't Bachelor know that. London. And they yeah. didn't live happily ever after. No, she was the winner of The Bachelor London, uh, which is the only reason I kind of knew who who she was. I recognized the name a little bit, but all right. Yeah, that, she, well, she's kind of pretty, but when she has a lot of makeup on. She's no, she's not an unattractive girl. As um, Greg says, she doesn't necessarily sound like a. You know, like she's the sharpest knife in the drawer. But I mean, but you know what? She's but she's got the, she's got panache. You know, anything that came from you know Lorenzo, Lorenzo Lamas seed can't yeah. be that bad. Uh, well, now you've ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you look here, you're just going to think of Lorenzo Lamas' seed. Yeah, now, now it's all gone. Forget uh, about it. When I look at you, all I can think is one thing: your father's essence. At the news desk, it's Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. We didn't blow up the moon. It happened at 4.31 as scheduled. And in case you missed it, here's the excitement that you missed. All stations flight, Mark Centaur Impact. Yes, they were very excited at Mission Control. Shepherding spacecraft impact, stations report LOS. And that was it. And then we have the nerds doing the recap. Let's see. This is, uh, the moon is still there, by the way. <laughs> is my computer up over there? there so this goes. is the nerds doing the... Uh... Well, Michael, I wonder if you could give us your impressions of, uh, of what we just saw and, and uh, mission success. Well, it's hard to tell what we saw there. <laughs> I'm, not sure. I'm not sure if the gain was uh, set there correctly or what. Um, so there you go. That's so we it. went over to OMSI, and I guess they let everyone in who didn't appear drunk. And well, they must have not had any anticipation that, that, that there would be such a crowd there. I mean, Omsi is, I mean, first of all, it's like four in the morning. And, and how could half those people find their way there? They were wasted, too. Did you tell me that there were people there dressed as aliens saying, don't yes. blow up my home? We have pictures and video, too. That is great. I have some video uh, that uh, Greg Shannon will post that later and on. And they're, they're fans of the show, by the way. We can't oh, knock wow. them too much. Of course they are. They said so. Yeah, and this guy was, like, really drunk, and, of course, he was our biggest fan. He mm-hmm. looks like that guy who used to live across the hall from uh, Mork and Mindy, the guy in the weird white robe. You know what I'm talking oh, about, yeah. Tim? What yeah. was his name? What, but, you know, I can't think of his name. But that guy was, like, the weird Mooney type. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, there you go. So, uh, so it was underwhelming. I mean, and I was sitting there watching the actual feed from... I mean, it wasn't like a homemade, uh, you know, like a, like a webcast from some guy's attic or something. This was from it, it, NASA. 
and there are three guys who are like sitting in an office with broken furniture that that look like a radio station office. You can see in the back like a broom and that pink stuff they put on vomit just sitting in the corner. It's, and then the fat guy just packs up his bag and leaves. It was not unlike when you watch... Have you ever watched CNN late at night when they switched to CNN International? No. So they'll go to CNN International, which is so clearly coming from uh, just like a closet somewhere where there's a bad, bad blue screen in the background. Same thing if you watch CNN.com. Like during something big, like an election or a convention or something, they'll simulcast the actual CNN feed of like Anderson Cooper, Wolf Blitzer. But then later they go to just, well, you're watching uh, CNN.com's internet only uh, newscast. And it, God love them, you got to get your foot in the door somewhere. But boy, it's like a whole thing done on about $4 worth of budget. It's, uh, it's bad. Let's do one more and then we will a break and we'll come back with Aaron Duran. So this uh, teenage serial burglar who's stealing airplanes on Kamano Island, Washington, is becoming a national hero. His mom is being interviewed on television, and, well, she's not going to be elected Mother of the Year. Do you feel any sense of responsibility here, ma'am? No, I don't. No, everything was fine on your end, huh? I think it was. Why, 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 is, why is the preteen son out you know, living with friends? Why isn't he at home and going to bed on time, going to school and stuff like that? If he kids? came here, he knows he would be arrested. No, but I mean back in the day when all this started. If Jeff Shepard Smith was he living there yes. when he was 14? Was he living with you or was he living out in the woods? He has never lived in the woods. Was he living with you? My point is, did you say, son, stay home, do your homework, got to go to school at 8? Sure, I said that every day. And did that work out? Of course not. Well, I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> I like her. She's sort of unrepentant. Because he keeps trying to rattle her and she, she, you can tell that at any moment she's just going to be, well, I'll be yours, Buster. I know. All right. Here's a little more advice. Well, good luck. I mean, let's hope they catch the guy. I mean, it it would be really terrible if he stole if he stole an airplane, crashed the thing, and didn't make it out of the thing alive. Well, I told him to start taking parachutes. Start taking parachutes. Advice from mom today: while you're stealing planes, please take a parachute. I think the better advice was to turn himself in. And then stick that microphone up your keister, fella. <laughs> Basically. All right, it's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, Aaron Duran with the Weekend Geek. Also, Brett Ehrlich from Rotten Tomatoes uh, Television will be here. The Rotten Tomatoes show will talk about the paranormal activity. We'll have a pair of tickets to that as well when you play Name That Kill. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. It is Friday, October 9th. That can only mean one thing. It is Sarah Dillon's birthday. Would you like to uh, share with everybody the sound that greeted you this morning when you opened your mail? Yes, my mom's been hounding me about this card that she sent me. And so I was like half asleep this morning at 3 o'clock in the morning when I got up. And I opened the envelope and I see this card. And it has a picture of a bunch of Disney princesses on the front that says, All the princesses think you're sweet. And then... <laughs> so did you get this yesterday, but you didn't open it till today? Yeah. Okay, so that which makes sense, because today is your birthday. So you're there in your house, you know, you're the only one awake, the house is quiet and still and empty, and then suddenly the card begins <laughs> singing to you. All of a sudden. It kind of freaked me out this morning when it's you came out of the office. Are you going to sing along with that at your party tonight? Oh, I'm taking this with me everywhere until it dies. It was a little uh, It was a little weird, actually, when you came in you said, Hey, look at this card my mom gave me. And you opened it. And there's nothing about the card that indicates... 
that it's going to be singing and then it does, and it kind of freaked me out for I about it half was a like, second. Because it's Possessed. hard. I thought there was maybe like some kind of like gift card in there or something. Because no. I'm delirious. I'm feeling it in the morning. I'm like, okay, and then it no. sang at me. No, it's it's just, just a little startling, especially if you think your apartment's haunted. Yeah. <laughs> There's somebody I, creepily singing. It's, I mean, singing cards have come a long way because I remember when it was just like everything was a bad MIDI tone. Uh, yeah. Instead of, you know, like a fully formed human voice belting out to you from inside. I mean... And then you hear the shower turn on by itself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what if this starts playing in the middle of the night just over and over again? Uh, oh. And then your teddy bear cries blood. <laughs> Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com will uh, be here with us in uh, just a moment. What are you going to be uh, speaking about today, Aaron? Oh, this is an extra nerdy and fantastic weekend. Fantastic. Is yeah. that it? Oh, that, that's the that tease. was the tease. Okay. I thought it was just a tease. The thread is staying collapsed. Yeah. Uh, Can Tim, I hit the card again? Tim Riley is... Uh, one moment. And Sarah's the fourth princess. There we go. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines for you on this Friday. So far, no damage to the moon after we bombed it. That 7-Up landmark is being taken down for a facelift on Sandy. And donkeys are being painted to look like zebras, much to the delight of children. Well, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time once again for the Week in Geek with Aaron Duran of GeekInTheCity.com. Hello. Hello. How's everybody doing today? I'm uh, I'm okay. I only got about two and a half hours of sleep last night for no readily apparent reason. I went to bed kind of late. I got to bed at like 10, 30, 11. I forgot to mention this. And then I woke up at 2 in the morning just wide awake. And it was one of those things where you wake up and you realize there will be no going back to sleep. You just do somehow. You just know it. And so I've just been up, but you know it's it's uh, it's fine. We're yeah, I'm, I even to, with the extra time, you didn't want to go to Omsi. No, and like I said, I got here in time to not see anything interesting happen with the moon. So no, I'm good. Well, apparently nobody's signing hatch for the moon, so don't feel bad. No. no. All right. So uh, this weekend in the great city of Portland, uh, happening all weekend is at the Oregon Convention Center is Wordstock. That's right. I heard a lot about that. Yeah, Wordstock's very cool. Uh, basically, it is one of the country's premier literacy conventions. Um, publishers from all over the world come, and they just like any other convention, they set up booths. They, um, you know, display what they've got going on: new products, new, um, you know, new, new everything, all dedicated to the written word. And uh, once again this year, the Stumptown Comics Foundation has the graphic novel garden, right? Which is really cool. It's this huge section within Wordstock with uh, all different forms of you know comic books and graphic novels. Oni Press is going to be there. Top shelf comics. Um, some local artists and writers are there going to do little mini workshops and help. Now, is this get like the- for people who want to be writers, or is this for people who are just enthused by the world of reading? Uh, both, actually. Uh, there'll be speakers there about how to break into writing styles that different writers use. You know, how do you know what gets them into the writing mode? Right. You know, how do they get over writer's block? Um, publishers and agents will be there to talk about how to break into the business, and then people there that just just love books and awesome. reading. So it really is a very cool event. That happens all weekend at the Oregon Convention Center. Americans love to read. They don't love anything more than they love books. Books well, are the thing that people like to hear about the most, from what like I understand. Books are like, our friends. I like to hear people talking that. about books. Oh, that's, uh, that's what I was told, is that the, uh, the key to popularity is discussing books often. Uh, and uh, and frequently, what else is uh, happening in the, uh, the great? City well, Americans also love superheroes. Yes, they which do. is what is also what we are getting this Saturday. The Alter Ego Society is having their second annual Hero and Villain Ceasefire. It's uh, twenty one and over. They're, they're going to have uh, games and prizes and beer provided by McTarnahan's and power display contests. Which is awesome. You mean like power display contest? What sort of power display contest? These aren't real superheroes, right? Yes. 
I'm sorry. I didn't mean real to. superheroes. I'm sorry if I shattered somebody's illusions. Have I have I spoken the truth that shall not be said yeah, aloud? Way to go, man! Yes, real superheroes and real supervillains. Here's the catch: you must come in costume, and you cannot be an established superhero or villain. So no Batman's, no Spider Man. No Lex Luthor. You have to create your own yes. superhero and then come. So you are people are coming as their own fabricated superheroes. Absolutely. Is this like those guys in Chicago? What were those guys called that ran around and fought crime? Oh, okay. Nibbler's uh, friends with all of them on the internet. But if I know that. some guy in like a bathrobe, it was shadow hair. Shadow hair. <laughs> the uh, the alter ego society is similar to that, but we're not crazy. Um, so instead of fighting crime, we just kind of like, you know, they'll just you know, do local charities. So it's actually, it's for a very good cause. Tickets are $5, and it all goes to benefit the Pair Society, which uses art to help homeless youths get off the street. Excellent. And we have to make note that Aaron released the first part of his comic book this past week. That week. is true. And I it is yeah. amazing. I was at the Halloween Bazaar, which was mind-blowingly good, and I went there. It ended up being a really great event, but the reason I got there, uh, gone there in the first place was to sort of, you know, show support for you because you'd... Uh, displayed the first three teaser pages of yeah. your comic book, whose title is? Uh, the title is La Brujia. Because it's uh, sort of Mexican folklore mixed yep. in with kind of a contemporary ghost story, etc. So it's, uh, it, it, anyway, no, it looks, looks messed awesome. Up. It looks really, really good. <laughs> Thank so, you. Um, so that's watch. all James Sinclair. That's not me. It's very cool. <laughs> so be watching geekinthecity.com uh, uh, for more on that, geekinthecity.com. In just a moment, we're going to talk to Brett Ehrlich from the Rotten Tomatoes show. He's going to speak about paranormal activity, which I guess opened last night at midnight. It is, it is here in Portland. Um, and I know a few people who were going to try to catch the midnight screening last night, although just in sort of Blair Witch style. I mean, it did, I, you know, it was like lines everywhere to see yeah. it, and it was sold out. And they had a pretty ingenious marketing campaign. We'll talk more about that here in a few. But people have been asking us all week if we're going to be giving away tickets to it, if we're going to... It um, looks like the coolest movie ever. I'm, I'm never so going to sleep again. And oh. it's hard to get into. That's the other oh, thing. Yeah. That's the reason everybody, you know, everybody is so rabid about finding tickets because they're impossible. So what we are going to do right now... We're going to give you a shot at winning a uh, pair of passes to see Paranormal Activity plus uh, a uh, shirt that accompanies the film. So it's a uh, Paranormal Activity shirt plus a pair of passes to see Paranormal Activity. But it's not just as simple as being Collar 10. Uh, Aaron put this together. Uh, it is a little something it's we call genius <laughs> Name That Kill. There's something wrong with me. You are broken inside. Oh, I got so excited putting these together, too. You have like four or five of these you put together. It's the audio of kills from horror films. So It was, it was tricky because I had to find kills that weren't just... <laughs> <laughs> and yet most of them end up having about 80% of that. Oh, yeah, but there's got to be something. It didn't have tons of F-bombs or whatever in them also. So, so we are gonna, uh, we're going to play this sound for you. If you are caller 10, and if you can correctly identify the movie from which this kill comes, then you'll win yourself a pair of passes to see Paranormal Activity, uh, plus the shirt. That number, by the way, is 503-228-4101. If you are caller 10, and you can correctly identify the movie from which this kill is derived. Clear! Clear. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO.
It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. In uh, just a few moments, we'll be joined by Mr. Brett Ehrlich from uh, the Rotten Tomatoes show on Current TV. He saw Paranormal Activity last night, the uh, uh, the film Paranormal... Paranorm- I hope, I hope, I hope it lived up to it. Paranormal Activity. Paranormal. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, speaking of Paranormal Activity, we should uh, point out that we're going to be interviewing later on today, to be played back Monday, we're going to be interviewing Mr. Uh, Ron Jeremy. Uh, I'll be doing that uh, after the show today because he's um, he's here in Portland because there's a production company that has made a, a sort of porn-type spoof uh, <laughs> film that he's going to be uh, discussing on Monday. So he'll be listening uh, Monday for that. Anyway, so Brett Ehrlich saw Paranormal Activity last night, which I think opened at midnight, as they say, in select theaters uh, all around Portland. So we'll get his thoughts on that. We do want to congratulate Tracy in Vancouver. Uh, she correctly identified this noise. Clear! Clear! So, you know, that's coming from The Thing. Uh, <laughs> Kurt Russell's The Thing from 1983, I think, mm-hmm. was uh, yeah. when that came out. So, it's making Tim wash his hands. No, my hands are cold all of a sudden. Oh, really? I don't know why. It's the uh, it's the chill of evil, Tim. That's right. It could be. Tim Russell is buried, buried years in the ice. I can barely feel my fingers. Tim is tracking the uh, following headlines for you on this frigid Friday morning. Well, we tried to blow up the moon, but did not succeed. Not even a cloud of dust, and the moon is fine. In case you just woke up wondering, there's another topless barista scandal in the Seattle area. It has to do with Tasty Wednesdays. And Red Dawn is still filming in Detroit. You know, the thing about that Red Dawn story is... You have been following that probably more closely than the people who actually work on Red Dawn, the film. Remember the first whispers of the Red Dawn remake came out, and you were just on that, like, white on rice. Uh, Does it horrify you, or are you looking forward to it? I guess they'll do it in memory of Patrick Swayze. I know. You know they will. You know that it'll end, and they'll say, In loving memory of Patrick Swayze. For Patrick. With some sort of Aaron Copeland score. Maybe it'll say, Wolverine. In a, a few moments, we'll talk to Mr. Brett Ehrlich from the Rotten Tomatoes show. Aaron Duran, uh, before we wrap everything up with you, so um, you have not seen Paranormal Activity yet, but I know you've been following kind of the online promotion for it and all the hype. Yeah, no, I'm really, I'm definitely going to be seeing it probably this weekend. Um, but yeah, I've been following it for a couple months now, and the Paramount started to slowly kind of leak that it's the most terrifying film ever made. And, uh, you know, generally when, you know, studios do that kind of hype, you're like, no, it's not. Right. <laughs> it never is. You instinctively disbelieve it. Yeah, instantly. But I kind of liked it. I really liked their uh, their marketing campaign. Instead of showing a whole bunch of scenes from the movie, they pointed the camera on the audience. That was the most genius thing ever, is yeah. the trailers for that, where they just, it's the movie that's terrifying audiences everywhere. And then they have that weird green screen kind of thing, like the night vision yeah, lenses, yeah. where they're showing... The audience watching it and people kind of jumping out of their chairs or guys and that like thing climbing under the sheets and oh that looks so freaky. See, I don't even know that I see. I'm not even sure what you're talking about because yeah. I don't even think oh, we'll I've seen. The, we'll watch the full trailer during the break. It is unnerving. We're, uh, don't think like, about that happening in your place. All I've ever seen from the movie itself is that thing where they're in bed and like the door opens by the itself. The door opens and then all of a sudden you see the sheet moving and someone's moving into the bed with them. It's very oh, cool. It that is, is completely creepy. And then the other thing that was really smart about the marketing campaign was that instead of saying, you know, coming to your town soon, it was, hey, we've released it in New York, L.A., you know, like five cities. Right, right. And look at all the reaction. If you want it in your town, you got to ask for they it. They got me to sign the petition. Well, what is it I say? did, yeah. I haven't signed an online petition in years because usually they're made of fail, but not and this it's, one. They had to do something like you had to get, I think, depending on the size of the town, you had to get like between 10,000 and like 15,000 yeah. signatures or something for people basically pledging that they would go see it. And the interesting thing about it is that... Bands have been using that for a long time. There's a lot of, um, like Jonathan Colton mm-hmm. uh, does that, where 
uh, it, when he goes on tour sometimes, he will put up this website and people in um, cities will basically pledge to come see him if he comes to the city to perform. And once it hits like 200 people or something, like then he'll book the tour and he'll come play play your city. So. Well, it's pretty smart. I mean, that's kind of how horror movies were marketed in the 50s and 60s. It was build up the audience. Right. Then when you think they're ready to go, then you bring your movie there. You're like William Castle was the master of doing that. Just put so. the print of the back of your car and you drive it from one town to another and show totally. it on a sheet somewhere. <sighs> so cool. Aaron Duran, you can read more about all that he does at geekinthecity.com. Geekinthecity.com. Straight ahead, we will uh, talk to Mr. Brett Ehrlich and Tim Riley at the news desk as well. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ. And at uh, 8.30, Corey Miller. You can see him on LA Inc. You stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. Show in mere moments only on Rock 101 KUFO. Tim Riley, the only newsman you'll ever need. When he asked what, she says, a flash, and proceeded to drop her bottoms, flash her vagina, then turn around, spread her cheeks, and flash her rear. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Then she turned around again and flashed her vagina. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. In just a few moments, we'll be joined by Mr. Brett Ehrlich from Rotten Tomatoes Show. He'll talk about paranormal activity, which uh, he saw last night. And um, based on what Greg was saying, it sounds like he uh, like he may have had a few last night, and then also later last night, and then early this morning, and then uh, just a few moments ago. So we'll find out. At the news desk, your personal savior, Mr. Tim Riley. From the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. 7.37, going to be a nice weekend. Sunny skies, highs in the 60s. No, we didn't blow up the moon. We bombed it, though. And it was kind of a non-event. But OMSI was caught off guard by the amount of people who showed up this morning around 4 o'clock to see if the auditorium was filled, and they locked out all the drunks, as they should have. Well, they're not used to people being interested in science and learning, Tim. It caught them unawares. Of course, there was nobody there to let us in. No. We no, they know who you are. Well, we've had a bit of a um, we've had a bit of a complicated and layered relationship with Omzi over the years. Um, it wasn't their fault, though. They just removed people that could help others. It really, is every time that Omzi would hire somebody that really liked us or the show or wanted to assist us with getting something done, that person would immediately either be fired or they would quit and go elsewhere, leaving only the people behind who had active disdain for us in this program. But uh, that's okay. We uh, plunge on ahead undaunted. All you Eastsiders probably wondering. What happened to the big 7-Up sign at North East Sandy Boulevard in Cooch? On top of the old bottling plant, they took it down to fix it. And when they put it back up, it's going to rotate for the first time in 20 years. Now, wait a minute. What sign are you talking about? 7-Up sign. No, but, but that's not the one that was on it's the on Panfield. The old 7-Up bottling plant in North East Sandy in Cooch. Um, well, what the hell oh, am yeah, I thinking of that. then? I guess I'm thinking of the, I guess I was thinking of the one that was on the Banfield that was 7-Up and is now Budweiser, right? 
Right, that's a different one. That's the one that is like at Sandy and 39th. This is the square one that says 7-Up. Okay, so it's gone and they're, it is being refurbished? Yes, they're going to put new bearings on it so they can twirl it around. You know what they ought to do? There ought to be some sort of, well, I guess the that Atomic Age group does this, but all of that uh, that bitchin' neon stuff that's on interstate, mm-hmm. I mean, you, I would like to think that there is some sort of a, a way to preserve all that stuff and keep it uh, keep it working flawlessly, which there must be because they're doing that in Vegas. If you go to Old Town Vegas, like you go to Fremont, and they've just got all of those old signs from the early days of Vegas that they have returned to their original brilliant, dazzling state, and they've kept them working flawlessly. So it would be, I mean, it would be a a shame if stuff like that or like that alibi sign over the years or there's that, God, what is that hotel? There's a hotel right near the alibi on Interstate. I mean, it's like unchanged from 1957. I mean, you can tell that that sign has not been... Oh, I just drove by there the other day. I love that place. Does it yeah. say I mean, color TV on the sign? And it has little, like, neon monkeys on it. Yeah, exactly. That's has, exactly like, the, the place. Little that is, Yeah, and it says color TV and, you know, in-room telephone. So, That's terrific. Isn't it like Safari or something like that? Safari Motel? Maybe. Because the further you get down interstate, like, the more and more stuff. And it's like a whole neon city uh, down there. Here's Tim Riley. Well, it's time to keep Palestinian kids busy. Somebody has taken two white donkeys and dyed them with black stripes and turned them into zebras. Yes, the kids are none the wiser, having not seen a live zebra. These were two female donkeys. They were striped using masking tape and women's hair dye. The kids love it. Uh, Wait a minute. Let's back up to the part about needing to keep Palestinian kids busy. Yes. I, I don't understand. Well, they don't have anything to do. Insert joke here. I would say ducking and covering uh, are two activities that they could take part in, probably around the clock if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. But in terms of this, I don't understand how not having anything to do, what they arrive at is turning goats into zebras. Somebody's using a little creativity. <laughs> but I mean, is that like, is that a lot of fun for kids? Like if they say, well, look, they've here's... never seen a zebra, they can make dreams come true with a little bit Correct. of paint. Oh, I guess that's true. They've never seen a zebra in real life. This is sort of like they can fabricate a zebra for their own amusement. Exactly, using two white donkeys. Nothing wrong with that. No, I guess not. All right, here's Tim Riley. It's a type of geek watch. Here's your geek watch. Uh, A disturbing geek watch, by the way, for Friday on the Rick Emerson radio program. This high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Quasar Dilemma, remember, you used just a television show. That's all, okay? (laughs) Right, but because we were wondering if the quantum flux... Now, just listen on it. There is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? Better does. Here's Tim Riley with your Geek Watch. This just seems very dirty to me. Playboy magazine is appealing to the younger generation with its first ever newsstand cover and centerfold of a cartoon character, Marge Simpson of The Simpsons, in its November issue. Weird. This is strange. The magazine, which appears on newsstands on the 16th, will feature Simpson in a three-page pictorial that a Playboy spokeswoman spokeswoman describes as sexy and implied nudity. Subscribers who make up 40% of Playboy's readership will get a celebrity on the cover rather than Marge. The uh, move is a sign of changes to come for the new CEO, Scott Flanders, a former Freedom Communications Incorporated CEO. The CEO of Playboy is named Flanders? Flanders. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was hired to succeed uh, Christy Hefner. The Marge Simpson centerfold is obviously somewhat tongue-in-cheek, said Flanders. No, 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 no tongue-in-cheek. Tongue oh. I think if the centerfold is tongue-in-cheek, oh, that's, uh, that is correct. that's yes. something else altogether. If it had never been done, I would have thought it would be. I, I thought it would be kind of hip and cool and unusual. The idea is to attract readers in their twenties, an appealing demographic compared to the average Playboy reader's age of thirty-five. I think that's even low. I think this is. 
I think it's like so ill-advised and so weird, but by the same token, who am I kidding that I, I mean, I guess I'll see it just to see what it looks like. I mean, not, not that I have like a big hankering to see Marge Simpson in the, in the all together, but I mean, are we sure this isn't a joke? This isn't, we're not being punked in some way, are we? I don't think so, no. So the actual Playboy centerfold, in other words, this isn't like a special, like one-off issue of Playboy or something. This is the actual issue of Playboy that you would get if you went to the newsstand and purchased it. And then you take it home, and you open it up, and you take off the cellophane or whatever, and you fold out the centerfold, and it is actually Marge Simpson. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just something, there's something, and I'm surprised that the Simpsons would authorize that. There's, there's something, you're right, it, is, it seems vaguely dirty. Something I mean, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be sold in the family-friendly aisle. I haven't seen the cover. Do you have the, um, oh, ah, it just makes me feel creepy. Oh, no, that, that's too no, much. See, that's wrong, was, and Marge would never do that. I, I I don't think so. I You're right. I, Judging I, from the current economy, I wouldn't put past anyone. The devil do... in Marge Simpson. I see. Oh, that's just dirty. And so if you if you haven't seen this, it is Marge Simpson sitting, and when they say implied nudity, it's like here's what it is like. It's like when some like magazine Vogue comes to mind or Vanity Fair, when they always say Vanity Fair has an exciting new cover that's raising some eyebrows. Drew Barrymore is naked, but then she's not naked. She doesn't have any clothes on, but you can't ever see anything. You know what I mean? It'd be, she'd be like, have clothes off, but she's covering herself or she's blocked by something. So it's Marge Simpson who is sitting presumably naked on a, on a chair or something. That looks like a Playboy bunny. Blocked by, yeah, and so she's blocked, though, by the big Playboy bunny ears. I or, think they're or using something. a body double in that picture. <laughs> this, um, this, I don't think that's the actual Marge Simpson. This text message says, why Marge Simpson? Why not a cartoon character who's not gross? I mean, They should have done Lois from Family Guy, Lois Griffin. Yes, should they have? I don't know. Let's quickly go around the room. What cartoon character do you find the most alluring, Sarah? Oh, I don't know. I would say um, the guy from Jem. Who was Jem's boyfriend? I have no idea. Yeah, that guy. That's, I'm, I, I fail to have or that He-Man. knowledge. I want to see what he's packing under there. Really? I'm sure. saying that's almost nothing. That's in my in yeah. my assessment that, uh, yeah, the, um, the that Adam, Prince of Eternia, alias He-Man, has... Uh, no, that's a, that's a, that's a thumb. Oh, I, I mean, she's about as, as alluring as having olive oil from Popeye cartoons on the cover. <laughs> Greg Nibbler, cartoon character that you find inexplicably arousing. Well, it's a tough, it's See, a tough decision. You, and you can't say Jessica, uh, Jessica, Jessica, Jessica Rabbit. Rabbit. You can't say Jessica Rabbit. All right. Well, without saying Jessica Rabbit, I would have to say uh, Lois. I Lois, was, see, Lois me or, too. Or the daughter from Family Guy. Or uh, not Family Guy, uh, American Dad. Okay, well, I mean, there's are different. I mean, there's different stripes to the same cloth. There, I could see that. Yeah, but okay, Lois but is hot. What is it? What does it say about the three of us that we all went to Lois from Family Guy, who a isn't real, <laughs> b isn't real, and that we all went to her and felt that she was hot in some way? I'm not saying she isn't, but I, is there something strange about us? Do you suppose that that is the? Do you suppose that's the most common response? I mean, that's, you, not, that's how he's, she's pitched too on the show. Though. I guess it's true because her personality is such that she's kind of a deviant. Mm-hmm. I was, God, I was watching that. I forget what it was. I was watching Family Guy the other day, and it was that episode where they're, and it was one of those things where they came out of nowhere where they're talking about something or other. She and Peter are in the bedroom and they're talking about like, you know, one of the kids is having trouble in school or something. It's like, well, I just don't know what we're going to do. She's having such trouble at school, and as they're having the conversation, they're both undressing and then dressing in bondage gear. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. And then at the end of it, she just says, and the safe word is platypus. And then she just, like, hits Peter in the face with a cat of nine tails. It was so the kind of freakishly hot and disturbing all at once. 
And then I had to just go, uh, I, I just had to go outside and walk around in the sun for a while to try to get that out of my head. Here we go. Three different text messages in a row, all about uh, Lois Griffin. There you go. There's your uh, geek watch for Friday on the Rick Emerson Show. By the sons of Warvan, I shall avenge you. Next. Ooh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. All right, coming up at 8 o'clock, we have Dax Holt from TMZ. And at 8.30, uh, Mr. Corey Miller, who you can see on LA Inc. Still to come today, we're going to give away a pair of tickets for you to see Anvil. It's the Rick Emerson Show. He is the writer, associate producer, and co-host of Infomania, which can be seen at the uh, top of every hour on Current TV. He's also the writer and co-host of Current TV's The Rotten Tomatoes Show. Let's welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson program, Mr. Brett Ehrlich. Uh, good morning, sir. How are you today? Good morning. I am not feeling very well today. You know, I had to see last night the movie Paranormal Activity, and uh, I was supposed to call in earlier, but after seeing the film, I had to go home and drink. Because it was extremely terrifying. I was actually going to recommend that you just take a fistful of cold pills and maybe a fifth of black velvet, but it sounds like you're halfway there already. So just the cold medicine, maybe. Yeah, no, I'm I'm staring at the bottle of scotch that got me through the night and is giving me trouble getting through the morning. <laughs> does it live up to the hype? You saw the movie last night. Does it does it live up to what you expected? Um, well, yeah, it is like a very well orchestrated hype machine apparatus. Um, it's it mimics pretty much uh, the Blair Witch Trials, uh, you know, PR movement, which is like they they're doing like a series of midnight screenings that are very scary, like uh, all over college towns. Um, and like last weekend, they just kind of uh, expanded it in some select cities to have like actual daytime screenings. Um, and the film's been on the shelf for two years and it's you know ever since like you know 2007 it's been at, at, at festivals and everything and now like as though it has never existed before Paramount is kind of picking it up and ushering it through this like well orchestrated grassroots grassroot type machine but my god this movie scared my pants off like I'm sitting in there and in the theater looking around and like first of all I don't want to look down to see if I have pants because I'm too afraid to, to take my eyes off the screen and, uh, and but I was pretty sure my pants had been scared off. And then, uh, my God, this movie just terrifies you slowly from start to finish. Is it is it true that the whole thing was made for like ten grand or twelve grand or something? Yeah, it's like a fifteen thousand dollar budget. So they say the whole thing shot from like this handy cam um, that they have. It's not even like HD or anything. It's like full on. It feels like you know the scariest father in the world is taking home videos. Um, and uh, it, it's just it starts off with you know they they just kind of the guy has bought a uh, a, a camcorder because his you find out that his uh, girlfriend is. Uh, is has been haunted her entire life by like these really terrifying demons that just kind of hang out with her for a while but then he starts documenting its exploits and the more he does that the more he pisses off the thing and then the more the thing starts to terrify them and the more I get mad at them for terrifying me and uh, I'm not typically scared by films uh, or I don't go see the scary ones I go see the scary ones that are like kind of funny but this one is just like straight up terrifying so that's like what floats your boat get in that stupid dinghy and row friend what is the uh what's the gold standard you use for for horror films what's i mean previous to this what's the scariest movie you'd ever seen 
Before this, it was like Nightmare on Elm Street. I just think anything that messes with your brain enough to be like, ah, you know, if it's Jason, it's like, don't go in the woods. Okay, that's fine. I have no problem not going into the woods. I don't feel like I need to go into the woods of like a, a frightening camp. And, uh, you know, other, like, scream, that's a funny one. Uh, but, but Nightmare on Elm Street, like, something that can take you while you sleep. Like, the one time you're completely defenseless and, like, and thrash you in the face and kill you and lift you up because it is a scary demon take man. Take your pants. And, um, <laughs> the thing about the Blair Witch Project, a lot of people pointed out, is, the, the, like, if you watch it a second time around, it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily hold up, or you gotta wade through, like, 55 minutes of not a lot happening to get to the sort of the end is is this going to be anywhere near as good if you watch it a second time or if you watch it later on dvd i mean is it kind of a thing you have to see late at night with a crowd um it, it helps to see late at night with a crowd i imagine but i'm i'm, I'm pretty sure my brother saw blair witch his friend worked for like universal i think was a studio that picked it up um he saw that movie with his friend uh, while they were playing cards his friend's like oh i found this uh tape like lying around the studio and uh they might make a movie out of it uh and he popped it on and you know in a small controlled environment where someone doesn't really know what's going on uh, it is the same kind of handheld like first person experience uh that the Blair Witch is and uh it the second time around since basically the way it scares you is it, it just like layers on slowly and methodically and it's very well crafted you know there are some some laughs along the way but the whole time you're very very frightened and and the pace it's just very it's actually quite masterfully done in a way that makes me want to kick it in the demon balls Awesome. He can be uh, seen on Infomania as well as Rotten Tomatoes show on Current TV, Mr. Brett Ehrlich. I'll let you get back to that uh, to the remaining scotch and on the uh, on the pant quest, sir. We'll have to have you back at some point, but I will uh, I will let you go back to the warm embrace of sleep. <laughs> thank you, and I will let you go back to the happy morning of Portland. Right, thank you, sir. You have a great day. There you go, Mr. Brett Ehrlich, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. In mere moments, we'll be joined by Dax Holt from TMZ. Coming up before the bottom of the hour, you're uh, shot at a pair of tickets to see Anvil. A live performance as well as the showing of their documentary. That's coming up at the Wonder Ballroom. And at 8.30, Corey Miller from LA Inc. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on this Friday. We fired a rocket at the moon. Two... And it didn't damage it at all. Nope. The president wins a Nobel Peace Prize and nobody knows why. The Saudis will ask for rain if the world cuts its dependence on oil. Really? Seriously. That is, you know, good for them. That is good for them. Right I mean, they've gotten away with everything else. <laughs> that is fantastic. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from TMZ.com and TMZ Television uh, a dial tone. <laughs> Is there any way we can start this segment over? That was awesome. Sarah, let's start this segment over. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to uh, begin uh, everything again right now. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Mark 101 KUFO. Got 
It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Hello and how are you? It's Friday morning. It's 503-228-4101. Uh, you can text if you like at 52051. You can also email it's uh, rick at rickemerson.com. Coming up in mere moments, we'll talk to Dax Holt from uh, TMZ. Also, at some point before the bottom of the hour, you're shot at winning a pair of tickets to see Anvil. A uh, live performance by the band as well as a screening of the movie of the same name, the documentary. That is coming up at the Wonder Ballroom, so you're shot at those tickets somewhere before the bottom of the hour. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on your Friday morning. We bombed the moon this morning but did not damage it. And the Saudis will ask for aid if the world cuts its dependence on foreign oil. That is really chutzpah. I, mean, <laughs> I know, isn't that hilarious? You've got to hand it to him. I mean, that's... Those that's crazy really... Saudis. Well, all right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From TMZ Television, which you can see tonight at 11.30 on Fox 12 and TMZ.com, our good friend Dax Holt. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. The best part is I can hear you the whole time. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't know. It's uh, Sometimes we go into what appears to be a bit of an electronic coma here. <laughs> you know, where one party can see or hear the other, they just can't move or respond or blink their eyes in any way. <laughs> good Lord Almighty. Uh, so it's been a busy week for you, busy morning for us as well. I'll just ask you this. What, what are the biggest things you're covering right now? Because things have developed so quickly just over the last few days with everything. I no longer even know what the biggest story is. But what are you guys talking about right now? I think the the things most people are interested in are obviously the Gothams, which just won't go away, this Dr. Phil thing. And uh, I'm, I'm, those are like the two huge, huge ones. Which one do you want to talk about? I mean, it's uh, Dr. Phil had this thing about where he he put some woman, allegedly, right? this was the story, that Dr. Phil put some woman in a room with a nude man and then had the man touch her bosom, or he, she had to touch something on him? It, no, it, she had to, allegedly had to stare at this naked man inside the office, and then she's saying that Dr. Phil touched her left breast. Okay, so, I, first of all, I'm trying to figure out, is Dr. Phil an actual doctor, or is he a doctor like Dr. J was a doctor? I think he's he's not a doctor as as everyone would think. I think he's got a doctor in something random, but not like psychology or something. So this is this is sort of like how Doctor Laura has everybody convinced that she's a shrink, and really she's got a degree in like I don't know. She's like a gym teacher or something. I mean, that's what her degree really is. It's something doctor like that. Gym teaching. Yeah, I mean, um, you gotta wonder at this point. Well, here's a question. First of all. How is it that somebody just calls Dr. Phil and becomes a patient of them? When somebody becomes a celebrity doctor, like, can you just look him up in the phone book and drop in and see his office and schedule an appointment? I think this is something for the uh, like the show because the way that uh, the Dr. Phil like people got back to us, they said, "Look, you can't come to see Dr. Phil and just be by yourself. He's always got someone with him because he's uh, worried probably about situations like this. He doesn't want to be placed in you know a room with a woman and then she accuse him of something." So he said, "There's always someone with Dr. Phil. There's always videotapes of every meeting and there's always audio. So there's no way that this woman is telling the truth is what they're saying." Yeah, I, I don't know. I just Dr. Phil, I think ever since that weird thing where he went, went to visit Britney Spears when she was in rehab, I think the rest of the country, I think we all took a vote while he was out of the room and we went, let's let's shun him from now on. So, I agree. That was probably the most bizarre thing he'd ever done. We're like, you don't know her. Why? What are you doing? Just go home. I think it, well, it's like the same way with, the, the, I mean, I was going to say just, what's his name, John, but it's that John and Kate couple, both of them. I think, not that I was ever like really following that show, but we've talked about that here, that I don't know a single person I have never met anybody who has said, no, 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 they're really great people. I stand by, you know, either John or Kate. I think if we could vote them off the planet right now, 
and just put them on some sort of a spaceship headed directly for the sun. If we could have shot John and Kate into the moon this morning. <laughs> into that little car. <laughs> I think we would have done it. You know, it's like, it, and all you'd have to do to get them in the car is just leave a trail of, uh, leave a trail of shiny coins. Hey, John and Kate, there's $15 in the back of this Impala. You know, they get inside, bam, you know, one car into the moon, John and Kate gone. I know what would work better, though, is uh, just have video cameras and <laughs> <laughs> just have the video cameras start walking that way, and they'll just follow. There's a camera inside. Someone somewhere will get to see you on television. Go check it out, won't you, please? Uh, and then I know that uh, David Hasselhoff, I guess so they've stuck him in a hospital where after he punched a doctor in the face, apparently. Really? Uh, this is all. This is what the son is talking about. That uh, he went on a drunken binge and punched the doctor in the face, so they had to go get him. But I don't know. I, I, he's the last thing that remember how it was the daughter that had called, right? The mom and he, the ambulance came. That was all seemed to be faked. It's like Pamela Hasselhoff set him up for that one. Uh, but I mean, punching a doctor in the face sort of seems to be. A, I mean, that's an either you did it or you didn't. I mean, that's a, I, I would guess because that wouldn't require somebody else calling. Nine one one. I get it. I, the story I heard is that he was on like a bender, and he was just drinking and drinking, and then ended up somewhere where he was in the vicinity of a doctor, and Hasselhoff just belted the guy in the face. Which begs the question. I mean, it's got to be a weird circumstance for the doctor or anybody to realize that a you're being punched in the face, and b the guy punching you in the face is David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Like, when you wake up and start your day, you don't really ever think, you know, at the end of the day, the guy from Baywatch is going to be belting me right in the jaw. That's got to catch you off guard. <laughs> Very true. We knew, we do know, like, we haven't confirmed the story for ourselves. We know that he was out there. He was confirmed at the hotel. He was confirmed going to Simon Cowell's birthday party. As for the punching and the drunken bender, not so much as of right now. And it's the son that's reporting it, so you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. Well, let's put it that he continues to amuse. Let's put it that way. The exactly. entertainment uh, continues to flow. All right, Daxalt, you can see uh, TMZ television tonight at 1130 on Fox 12 or, of course, anytime, TMZ.com. Thank you, my friend. Have a great weekend. Later, you too. There you go. Dax Holt, ladies and gentlemen. All right, there you go. It's 503 Just to sort of wrap this up before we break, uh, so a few minutes ago we were talking about, I forget how we got on it. Oh, it's because Marge Simpson, I still can't believe this, is going to be on the cover of Playboy. And with a centerfold, I mean, it's one thing, well, whatever. Anyway, so we were talking about sexy cartoon characters, which I guess seemed like a good idea at the time. And we all went immediately to Lois Griffin. Somebody sent me a link here. And I won't read them all, but it was a list of the, because unsurprisingly, if you go to Google and you Google the phrase sexy cartoon characters, like a 500,000 results come up because it's a bunch of guys uh, sitting at home who are wearing antler ears, you know, or whatever. They're just like wearing, sitting in front of the computer in an elk costume, uh, writing out a list of reasons why Tinkerbell is sexy. Tinkerbell, by the way, is result number 25 on this so-called definitive list that somebody sent me. It's just creepy. Uh, so it's uh, Tinkerbell, Harley Quinn from the animated, uh, the Batman animated series. Harley Quinn, who is the Joker's girlfriend slash wife. Uh, Storm from the X-Men. Esmeralda from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Lois Griffin at 22. She's at 22. Uh, from Family Guy. April Who's at number one? I, I'm just going to, I'll go through these really quickly. Uh, April O'Neil, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 20, Cartman's mom from South Park. <laughs> 19, Taranga Leela from Futurama. And see, that's, oh, I forgot Leela, but yeah. also Amy Wong. The thing about Amy, the future is that Leela's hot, but Amy Wong is kind of a slut, so that's sexy. 18, Aeon Flux uh, for the cartoon, the same name. Mary Jane Watson for the Spider Man cartoon. K 
Catwoman from Batman the Animated Series. Princess Jasmine from Aladdin. By the way, these are not my choices. I'm reading a webpage put together by some guy. And you know it's a guy. Pocahontas from Pocahontas. Gem from Gem and the Holograms at number 13. The creepiness continues. Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Uh, 11, Betty Boop. 10, Black Cat from Spider-Man. 9, The Baroness G.I. Joe. 8, Penelope Pitstop from Wacky Races. Really? 7, <sighs> Smurfette. 6, uh, Chitara from Thundercats. 5, Evil Lynn from He-Man. I got multiple text messages about her. Number 4, Marge Simpson. Number 3, Daphne from Scooby-Doo. Number 2, Betty Rubble from The Flintstones. And uh, number one, of course, Jessica Rabbit. So there you go. So if you ever wonder what creepy nerds in front of their monitors uh, think about, there you go. That's a deeper look into the male mind than you ever wanted. If you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you can wash that ick away with some rock. If you are caller 10 at 503-228-4101, you're going to get yourself a pair of tickets to see Anvil live at the Wonder Ballroom February 11th, along with showing the documentary before the live set. Tickets go on sale Thursday, or I guess that was yesterday, so they're on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. A 21 and over show. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. But if you're caller 10 at 503-228-4101, score a pair of those for your own self. May you return with Tim Riley coming up later on this hour. Tattoo artist Corey Miller from L.A. Inc. Stay right there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO, coming up at 8.40. Uh, we're going to be speaking with tattoo artist Corey Miller. He's going to be at the tattoo, uh, Portland Tattoo Expo this weekend. You can also see him on the TV show LA Inc. So we'll talk to him around the 8.40 or so. Tim Riley has more news in just one moment. We should get, uh, let's see. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How can I help ye? Hey, guys, good morning. What's up, uh, sir? Uh, good morning. Gary. Scary story. Um, yesterday, getting in the shower, I usually hang my towel up on the uh, the curtain rack, you know, so I don't have to get out to dry off. And I pulled the towel off and shook it out, and guess what fell out of it? Wait. Spider. Uh, I was going to say D.B. Cooper. Giant spider. And so, okay, but you had not started to towel yourself off, though, so, I mean, thank God for, for small mercies, right? Thankfully, I had not touched myself with the towel yet, and so the spider fell out, hit the floor, and I didn't have my glasses on, so I couldn't. I just saw this like large black, you know, spidery figure start crawling towards me. I squealed like a friggin' sixteen-year-old cheerleader and fell out of the tub. Almost ripped the shower curtain off. I did more damage to myself falling out of the tub than the spider ever would have done. Now, did you fall out of the tub and then land on the ground, thus putting you and the spider on the same plane? <laughs> no, I fell out of the tub into the, onto the bathroom floor. The spider was still in the tub. Oh, okay. See, I thought the spider was on the bathroom floor, and then I thought it was going to be a whole life. Now we are equals, human. So, all right. Well, that's... I mean... There's that, and then there's that sort of dovetails with that thing that happened to me last week where I went to the hospital to get my foot looked at, and I took off my shoe. That doesn't dovetail at all. That's you carrying around a spider. This poor sap, you know, just has his spider in a towel. But I've never heard a spider talk like that before. But I'm, but I'm saying it's like, at the very least, sir, you weren't like me where I was inadvertently, like, the, the spider was hitching a ride in my shoe all day. spider taxi. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, and and then you ask yourself, like, how is it that it was in my shoe for what must have been a long time and that I didn't squish it somehow? I mean, it that's was number a, one. 
number had, one way people get bit too is it's in their clothing or something. So I don't know how you didn't get bit. Yeah, no, it, it totally had. To, it had some weird. Um, I don't uh, know how you didn't squish it. So it had some it had some weird kind of like uh, Kevlar uh, property. I would imagine. Yeah. All right then. Well, I'm glad things worked out for you, sir. Whatever you do, I wouldn't fixate on the fact uh, that he may have been in perhaps a laundry basket or maybe in the hamper or wherever it is you keep your towels. Uh, with all of his little uh, spiderlings uh, th- taking over every stitch of fabric you want. Don't think about that while you sleep. Me too. Hey, did you guys get those pack? I dropped off a package packages for you guys last night. Oh, I uh, we did actually. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, you. Uh, uh, so this is Kenny. He dropped off some John Hamm interview stuff, and then he dropped off a book for Sarah because yes, it is your thank birthday. you. This book looks amazing. I can't wait to read it. Yeah, uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. You'll love it. Thank you, my friend. Remember to sleep with your mouth closed. <laughs> Thanks. Take it easy, guys. Thank you. There you go. If you do squish it, it does have a, uh, a reaction. It emits a, an acid that can cause like dermatitis to people. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, I'm all out of spider stories. There'll be a moratorium for those for a while. A man has been shot in the Mount Hood Forest Land. Clackamas County deputies investigating the late-night shooting took place last night around 9 o'clock, and that's why you shouldn't go to the woods ever. I, the last time I went up anywhere deep in the woods was, well, when the hell was it? I guess I guess this has happened to me twice, where I've been, like Sarah talked about this when she went hiking, where there'll be people up there who are like, going to go shooting, or they're going to go hiking, or they're going to go doing whatever, and there's people who go up just because they want to do a little target practice, or they want to, you know, they they would, you know, they want to go up and just sort of get some privacy. But you always are aware that there's people up there engaged in some kind of nefarious behavior. And the thing you always hear about in Portland is if you go anywhere, like I went to the Tillamook Burn one time to go shooting, mm-hmm. and you're well, you know, this is also where those uh, drug dealers they grow all their crops out here. So if anybody comes by, don't make eye contact. They'll think you're a fed, and they'll shoot you in the face. And I was just like, uh, okay, done and done. I so believe that to be the case. I stay out of the woods in all cases. And we just received word that, that this is a follow-up to a story we did a few minutes ago, that 7-Eleven sign that was taken down to be fixed is now back up and is twirling around in circles. 7-Up sign. 7-Up, yes. All right. Uh, that's on the old bottling plant at Northeast Sandy Boulevard and Cooch. Well, you can blame Jay, blame Jay Leno for the cancellation of Southland. It was supposed to be the second season of this cop drama. They uh, They did six episodes... And then NBC says, well, it's too gritty for 9 o'clock. Let's put it on at 10. Oh, wait a minute. We can't. <laughs> no, we've just we can't put anything on at 10 anymore. Not even viewers. They've, uh, they've decided to put that Jay Leno show. You would think that they would have started. I mean, this is something even I know. You would have taken the Jay Leno, uh, you know, that whole, you know, his, his whole uh, experiment. And rather than just immediately launching with five nights a week, they should have done like some of those primetime specials with him just to see if there was any interest. Oh, like what they used to watching. do with Bob Hope? Exactly. When he stopped being funny like 40 years before? Same thing, really. right? And so you give him one night like every couple of weeks that he can ruin as opposed to letting him destroy your entire primetime lineup for like the entire week, which is what they've done. So good thinking NBC or not. CBS has given the green light to a pilot to restore... Hawaii Five-0 to its former luster. It's going to be a brand new cast. They're not saying who's going to be in it. But, yes, they're going to do a uh, pilot. They're a big Hawaii. call for Well, you know, there's there's two things. There's the Hawaii Five-0 deal, and then there's the reboot of the V series, which I think has been pushed back again. They've pushed that thing back like three different times. So there's uh, a couple of different remakes that are sort of in the pipeline right now that we're, uh, that we're busy following. And uh, I guess the... Uh 
The best remake of all is Red Dawn, which is shooting right now in Detroit. The producer, Trip Vincent, says Detroit is the perfect place with such a movie. I mean, it's good creatively for us. There's a lot of locations here that are appropriate for the movie. Uh, the community has been really receptive to us. It's like one big bombed-out crater where nothing lives and nothing can breathe and there's no hope. They're happy they went to Michigan. You know, the incentive was another uh, factor, and uh, it's helped us out a lot. Well, that's like when they were filming The Road here, and at the time I hadn't read the book, and then I went, and I've got my wife reading that, by the way, as well, and um, I won't spoil anything, but uh, I, I'm constantly trying. Do you do this when somebody you know is reading a book you've read, and you're like, oh, where are you at? What part are you at now? Mm-hmm. I asked her last night, or we had lunch yesterday, and I said, and you know, the thing about The Road is there's no chapters. Like, he just breaks occasionally, but there's no chapters. And I said, where, where are you at? And you know, there's that uh, that moment where the kid finds the thing. Yeah. The kid finds the horrible thing. <laughs> wow. The yo-yo. <laughs> yes, the tasty, tasty blackened yo-yo. Did you really just make that noise and that like a twirling motion with your hand? Uh, yeah. And so I said, uh, I said, where are you at? What are you reading the book right now? She goes, oh, well, they're um, yeah, the father and the son are standing by the side of the road and they're waiting because there's those four people wandering by in the road outside, the pregnant woman and the three guys. And I said, and she goes, oh, that's where I stopped. Uh, I, had to, I had to come to lunch. And I said, oh, OK, well, you finish lunch and then go finish that chapter. huh? You'll uh, have a good time with that. But so I had not read the book when I heard they were filming the movie here, film the movie, blah, blah, blah. Then I read it. And it's like, on the one hand, I think it's cool that they film part of the road here. But on the other hand, you think, well, what does that say about Portland? That it can, you know, that in like in a bombed out post-apocalyptic wasteland where nothing breathes and there is no hope. That they decided that this was the right place uh, to be shooting that here in Pennsylvania, apparently. So it's, uh, uh, it's just, well, Pennsylvania's got some bad places around like Erie and all those old beat up industrial towns. You know what they filmed in Pennsylvania? Here's a thing that I was telling Sarah about this and she's like, I got to go see it. The abandoned Pennsylvania Turnpike, which is a thing I had never heard about until I saw that they were filming the road there. And it is, it's a turnpike, so it's, you know, it's a huge highway that goes through a tunnel and whatever. But like 40 years ago, the government built a bigger, better highway system, mm-hmm. and they just circumvented that. In other words, they just cut it off completely. It, it no longer connects to anything. But then they just left it there. And so there's this whole highway and tunnel system in Pennsylvania that no longer connects to any other any other roads, but they've just left it there for four decades, mm-hmm. and that's where they filmed a bunch of the road because again, it it, it, is, it has just been. Nat- you see photos of it. You can go to Wikipedia and look it up. Called the abandoned Pennsylvania Turnpike. It is creepy. It's just a turnpike that has been left to nature, and nature has just taken over. That's so unnerving. It is. It's very very. Have you freaky. seen any of the clips that they have on the internet? There are like two clips from the road. I saw the trailer. That's all I've oh, seen. Oh, the clips. One of them has that situation where they run into that caravan of people yes. with the boy. Oh, yeah. they It's exactly like how it was in my head. It is oh. messed up and dirty and dark, and Ugh. it's just going to be an amazing movie. Oh, no, I'm Excellent. I'm not looking forward to it, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm feeling icky. All right, Stu, uh, one more here, and we'll take a break. Miley Cyrus has quit Twitter, leaving her fans puzzled. The teen star was one of the most popular people on the site, with more than 1.1 million followers. But the account for the 16-year-old is no longer available. Does that mean I can grab it from my own and uh, Twitter is um, as Miley Cyrus? You can Twitter to your heart's content. Twitter. I barely knew her. All right. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up in just a moment, we'll talk to Mr. Corey Miller. He is a tattoo artist. going to be at the Portland Tattoo Expo, and you can see him on the show LA Inc., which is uh, Thursdays uh, on TLC. That's coming up uh, as well. It's 503 503- 228-4101, and of course, we do want to take this moment to wish a very happy birthday to Sarah X. Dillon, who turns 29 
I was going to say for the last time, but really for, for the, the first, first time. time. For the first time. <laughs> Turns 29. So, uh, so happy birthday from, uh, from all of us uh, yes. uh, to you. And I have to say that thing now, which sounds like a lie, but it is true. Just like Aaron wrapped a present and then left it on his bedside table. Mm-hmm. This sounds like such a line. Like, it's, baby, the check is in the mail. I, I bought you something, and it isn't here yet. I, okay. um, and let's get this out of the way, too. It's exactly the thing you told me yes. to buy. You told me what to buy, and you, it was like a motorcycle cover seat thing. Yes. And you, Sarah went so far. This is how you have to deal with men. You actually sent me the link. You're like, click this for to buy it. Basically, all I had to do was click the link and then hit yes, and like it was ordered and sent. I'm just waiting for it to arrive. So that is on the way. Thank Fantastic. you. I'm so, so, so uh, excited. Uh, so happy birthday to Sarah Dillon from everyone on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Well, another year has come and gone. So grab your party hat and put that on. We're going to drink a lot of beer and smoke a lot. With billions. Is it difficult to use the bathroom and not think about uh, World War II? Call 503-228-4101. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in low definition. Are you just going to let me bleed out? The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Why would you ever say, are you going to let me bleed out? Is I remember, it- <laughs> that's what Eric said to okay. when uh, he, she had to suck the silver out of his chest. Oh, that's right. That show makes me feel dirty. I love I mean, that show. I miss it so much. So Come do I. Blood. So do I, but I mean, just thinking back on watching it, I don't know. It's like it's like thinking back on a, some sort of overly sumptuous meal where you were eating it, and at the same time, you kind of felt like it was enjoyable, you kind of felt sick at the same time. Uh, we didn't even get a chance to talk about uh, a TV this week. Uh, we should know, by the way, um, we a bit of a scheduling conflict at the uh, Portland Tattoo Expo, so we are not going to get a chance to talk to Corey Miller today. But don't forget, the Portland Tattoo Expo is happening all this weekend. It is happening the night, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the ninth, which is today and tomorrow. So today and tomorrow at the Portland Expo Center. Among the highlights, Corey Miller from LA Inc. will be there tattooing and meeting fans, plus live music, art, cars on display as well. Tickets available at ticketswest.com. That is the Portland Tattoo Expo happening today and tomorrow at the Portland Expo Center. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. And, uh, if you are a caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Four one zero one. You go yourself and uh, you'll uh, get yourself a pair of passes to that. The Portland Tattoo Expo, which is happening uh, today and tomorrow, uh, tomorrow at the Portland Expo Center. Sorry, I'm just got a whole mouth just thing going, going on. Going on and on. It's Friday. I just, my mouth can get the only phone number three more times. <laughs> keep it together for so long. 
I sound like what's his guts from uh, from the Rotten Tomatoes show, who was clearly still like half in the bag as we talked to him. Which and he, was... you know what? I, that's why I liked him because he did not pretend he wasn't. Uh, at the news desk, uh, let's pay a final visit to your personal savior, Mr. Tim Riley. From the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It's 848. going to be a nice sunny weekend with high temperatures in the 60s. Parents are outraged after Old Navy sells T-shirts to kids that say, Beer pressure worth giving into. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, don't do that, kids. It's wrong. It's no, not I... funny at all. It's well, not a laughing matter to some. It kind of is, actually. I Only because that's a thing that I don't have to be... Like, so the thing is, I don't have to have any it's moral outrage. Yeah. Yeah, so what do I care? I mean, you know... And I think of the crap that I... My parents used to send me to school. Uh, I mean, I guess not all the time, because I went to a Catholic school. But, I mean, I certainly out in public... In, like, beer clothing, because there was just a lot of beer clothing in our house. It seemed like every third thing that my dad bought had beer on it somehow. I know for a fact that I had a Rainier beer tank top that I was dressed in a lot when I was, like, four years old, five years old, six years. There are many, many photographs of me as, I mean, certainly under the age of ten, wearing a Rainier beer tank top because my dad thought it was awesome. So, uh, which I guess it kind of was. So I don't have to care about it. It's, my friend uh, Kelsey, her grandma gave her this really cool tin that was like a cigarette box. Like mm-hmm. it looked like one and she used to get in trouble for like having that because it's like, it looks like cigarettes. Because I grew up in an age where you couldn't wear beer clothing. Oh, like yeah. Cigarette clothing. Yeah, see, they were already starting to big crackdown by the time you were in school. Mm-hmm. No fun. No. Okay. Here's Tim Riley. So everyone's disappointed who woke up this morning early hoping that the moon would explode or at least they could see something on the moon. When we dropped bombs on it, people saw real weird green pixelated pictures, and they weren't sure whether or not we hit it, but apparently we did. So we have this uh, sound from NASA. It's uh, very descriptive here as to what happened. Here it is uh, one more time from NASA. All stations flight, Mark, Centaur impact. And then they said... Shepherding spacecraft impact, stations report LOS. Whatever. Not to be confused with uh, LOLs. And then the wrap-up is the nerd saying, Well, Michael, I wonder if you could give us your impressions of, uh, of what we just saw and, and uh, mission success. Well, it's hard to tell what we saw there. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> nah, it's funny because it's true. And we talked about this yesterday, the idea that, well, is the government uh, the, the telling fibs or if, as Court from Court and Fatboy said, if, it, if they're doing this because they got to figure out if there's water in the craters and how can they get the water out of the craters so we have water there so we don't have to take it with us if we go to build space stations or whatever. Or if we're trying to get rid of the aliens. Or if we're trying to get rid of aliens. Yeah, sure. So there's that. There's also the, as I pointed out yesterday, if you're able to build, like if you can do interstellar travel and build alien like space stations where we can go live, it seems like carrying some water with you ought to be a thing you're able to do. But third, or Viso. Well, or, or just, I don't know, how about this, Viso? Yes, yeah, sure. Or how about, like, I don't know, fixing this stupid broken economy, uh, you know, and like, I don't know, maybe, maybe jobs. No, 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 moon water is more important than that, Rick. But, I mean, maybe just a little bit of health care. Maybe just for somebody. Maybe just for, like, toes. Just cover our toes. Start with that. And then maybe later, one of your feet and in, like, a hand or something. Or I guess we could just blow pieces of the moon up to look for water and send radios. My final thing about the moon is this. And not even send the picture back to Earth. That's the thing. I'm so glad you said that. I don't want to sound overly exercised about this because in the grand scheme of things, I guess, whatever. I'll be dead in 50 years. It doesn't matter. But it, it seems like if we're spending billions of dollars to send crap into outer space, 
Could we maybe, oh, I don't know, perfect the art of putting something there that doesn't involve just shooting it into the surface so it explodes into a million pieces? Because that's what the satellite did, right? The satellite was getting closer and closer this morning. And they told you, they said, the satellite will take photographs until the moment it crashes into the surface. Mm-hmm. How about a landing? Why don't we build something that we don't immediately then destroy beyond the point of, uh, of functionality? I mean, I'm going to be crazy at all. I'm just, uh, I'm just saying, here's that's Tim Riley. Talk I know, I'm, it's just, I'm talking out of school there. Here's Tim Riley. So Harry Connick is not impressed while judging a gong-type show in Australia. The talent show included an act performed by a comedy troupe calling themselves Jackson Jive. It was based on Michael Jackson, who died suddenly. The performers painted their faces black and put on black Afro-type wigs. That's awkward. At the end of the show, Connick complained. He said he had to speak up as an American. I know it was done in, in, in uh, humorously, yes. yeah. but you know we've spent so much time trying to not make black people look like buffoons mm. that when we see something like that, we take it really yeah. to heart. Yeah. Harry Connick Jr. Hot? Um, his mind is hotter than him. See, I thought it would be the other way around. I thought you would find him physically hot, but then when he speaks, he just sounds like a tool user. No, I mean he sounds like a tool user, but. No, you can tell there's something going on in that head of his. All right. Hotter. Uh, and I really liked him in Copycat because he was really, really creepy. I was going to go right to Memphis Bell, but okay. Mm. Copycat, I could give you that as well. And he was also in uh, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Yes. Wasn't he in Top Gun? And and they also, uh, yet, yeah, no, wait. Independence Day. He was in Independence Day. It was Will Smith's best friend. And that's right. And I can I also say this, <laughs> by the way, everything. that Top Gun is one of those movies that I know the dudes are supposed to see a billion times. I've only ever seen Top Gun once, and I really I think I've seen parts of it on TBS over the years, but I've really not seen Top Gun a whole lot. That's I feel like my la- that's my when knowledge Tom is Tom Cruise fell in love with a lesbian. My a fighter pilot. Okay, I just feel like my uh, like my uh, my cruise foo is weak there because I'm just not much of a uh, I'm not much of a Top Gun guy. How did you live in the '80s without seeing Top Gun? I don't know. It was almost like you had to actively avoid it. Finally, on this, can we note that Harry Connick Jr. is really like uh, that is the guy you get when you can't get Chris Isaac. He really oh, yeah. is the the poorest man's Chris Isaac. As a way to wrap up this entire entertainment based segment, we should talk about coming up this uh, Sunday. Lots of TV this weekend. So a Californication this Sunday night featuring uh, Rick Springfield, who we spoke with yesterday. You can hear that on the podcast. Also, the uncovered breasts of uh, Ava Amori, who is... <laughs> Greg's doing the low fist punch over there. And the yes! Yeah! Who is Susan Sarandon's daughter. Did you say that she actually sent out a press release announcing that her breasts were going to be uncovered on the show? Yes. Okay, that makes me kind of like her. I think if somebody told me and, that and yesterday. they were. I mean, that, that yeah, that she was actually a press release. I, Ava Amori, will be show. I the, the first time you saw her on that show, which I guess was last week, immediately you thought to yourself, but it's available on demand. Well, this is over how, and over again. Well, this is this con- this some the coming episode of this Sunday. It hasn't aired yet, uh, and uh, and it's not online because I've been uh, I've been searching for that. But that is immediately a thing guys do when they see some, um, you know, like uh, some uh, well endowed young lady on a, on a television program. Guys immediately think. All right, now, we better get to see those later on. And then if you do, all is right with the world. But if you don't, then it's like vacationing and a really great restaurant you saw that you always meant to eat at, but you never got a chance. And then it's sort of, you know, you're like, ah, but I never got a chance to do that one thing. Or like if you go to Disneyland, you don't get to ride the Matterhorn. It's like the whole trip, you know, it's like there's an asterisk next to the trip. You didn't get to ride the Matterhorn. She's the Matterhorn. It was so creepy when it it came out just now, and I didn't really mean for it to be that way. Yes. Uh, Californication this Sunday, also a new Mad Men, uh, and finally, the new episode of Dexter this Sunday. And anybody who's been watching Dexter, holy God, is John Lithgow. He is, hands down, the creepiest bad guy they have had. Uh, Greg and I were talking about this, that 
He is so freaky. Yeah, he's absolutely terrifying, especially when he doesn't show any emotion. He just sits there and stares. He's and, like a totally blank. You know what he yeah. is? He's like when you were in high school, you were going to school, maybe you had a friend who had like a really kind of generic sur- suburban dad. Mm. Not creepy, but just sort of blank. Just kind of a generic, you know, generic suburban white guy dad who'd like, you know, take you kids to the movies and then maybe out to ice cream later. Except then also he's draining out your blood and making you look at yourself in a mirror <laughs> while he does it. Oh. Yeah. Um, He's so unnerving. Lithgow is, I mean, he makes all the bad guys in the previous seasons of Dexter just pale by oh, comparison. Yeah. He makes them all seem charming compared to yeah. compared to him. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's all coming up Sunday. So we'll recap that uh, on Monday. Monday, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian will talk about the weekend box office and do the Mad Men recap. Also Monday, Ron Jeremy. Um, and maybe Dr. Sanjay Gupta. And Dr. maybe Dr. Sanjay Gupta as well. That's uh, that's a big, uh, that's a maybe there. It's 503-228-4101. Don't forget, in just five minutes, the KUFO half-off sale updates uh, with a uh, selection of items, including a $100 gift certificate to the Multnomah Grill. Fresh, local, organic, and seasonal, working with local farms and growers. Whether you're having lunch for two or a banquet dinner for 800 Multnomah Grill at the Doubletree Hotel, the place to get a taste of the Northwest. Available for purchase Friday at 9 a.m. So that is coming up in about five minutes at KUFO.com. You'll be able to uh, take part in the half-off sale. Everything, at least, of course, half-off, sometimes more. But if you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you get yourself a $100 gift certificate to the Multnomah Grill. That's for caller 10 at 503-228-4101. We want to thank CNN Radio Correspondent. James Roop for joining us today. Also, Shane and Lorenzo Lamas, Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com, Dax Holt from TMZ, and Brett Ehrlich from Rotten Tomatoes and the Rotten Tomatoes Show. And don't forget, you can see Mr. Corey Miller at the Portland Tattoo Expo happening today and tomorrow. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO. Happy birthday to Sarah Dillon. Thank you. From Thank all you. of us. Uh, in the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, Greg Nibbler, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, Alpha Broadcasting Marketing Guru, Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds, executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up next, it is Buzz with Smells Like the 90s. And, uh, of course, Court and Fatboy coming up this afternoon from 3 to 7. Monday also, our interview with Juliet Lewis. It is Friday, October 9th, 2009, and that is The Frequency, Kenneth. As always, thank you for listening. Be safe and watch out for snakes. See you all Monday. Bye now. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.